The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 69 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, the usual crew. We have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Hello, folks. All right. So, getting toward the end of the regular season. Uh, this is actually the last week in China, uh, Europe, and the LCS. Uh, and then the LCK has one, I believe, one more week to go because they started late. So getting toward the end of the regular season, we've got a whole lot on the dock tonight. We've got a couple news items to get to. We're going to hit these, you know, this last week of the regular season for these leagues, talk about playoff pictures. Uh, we've got listener pick of the week and our pick of the week, and then we'll get into the slate and we'll be good to go. So um, let's do some news first, right? We usually open with news. Let's open with that. So I think the big, I mean, this we'll, we'll just shorten sweet first. So Worlds is going to be in Shanghai. That got announced a couple days ago uh, via ESPN. I think uh, Emily Rand reported it. So um, they are officially planning to have Worlds in Shanghai in 2020. And then, let's see, from September 25th to October 31st. And they're going to try to do like a bubble system potentially like they're doing for the NBA right now. And then I think they said um, 2021 will also be China, if I'm remembering correctly. But it's going to be like the full country tour. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. That's what it is. So, yeah, I mean, not really a surprise, right? A little bit sad. I'd kinda, I kind of wish we could get it back in, in North America, you know, in one of the next couple of years. Just so I'd really like to go there, but I'm not sure I'm going to travel all the way to China to do it. So, yeah. But, you know, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I guess we'll keep it along the same lines. Uh, so, also in China this week, we had uh, Billy Bill. Actually, this was earlier today. Billy Billy signed an exclusive streaming right to the Chinese audience. So this isn't going to affect Western viewing at all. But for those that don't know, the viewer base in China is ridiculous. Like, it's it's bigger than everywhere else combined. So they the article I read didn't have a price tag on this, but I would assume this is like, it's got to be a boatload of money to get exclusive rights because there are... Like, China has, like, the, the East in general has way more streaming services that we basically have Twitch and YouTube, right? Like, it's pretty much a monopoly in the rest of the world. It's like Twitch just owns everything pretty much. And, um, you know, you have some stragglers here and there doing, their, you know, Mixer and, and Facebook and YouTube and all that. But it's pretty much, it's pretty, dom the, the space is dominated by Twitch, right? So imagine getting like a Twitch level dominant like domination of the market, but for a market that's like bigger than the rest of the world combined. Basically, it's it's kind of crazy. So good for Billy Billy. Hopefully. I kind of hope we hear the numbers on this because it it would be great as a as a marketing tool when companies ask you, like you know when you're talking to companies about esports, I'd love to be able to tell them what the viewership rights for League was worth 
because I bet it was more than the NFL in the, in the United States. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that, like straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure it is. And if you could go to companies and say, like, look, man, this is what these rights are worth right now. Like, imagine what they're going to be worth in the future, et cetera. Yeah, so I, I hope we get the numbers at some point. Yeah, I mean, and Billy Billy's a pretty established platform over there, so it's not like they're they're like the new kids on the block or anything, but kind of like cementing yourself in that way is a, a pretty big deal. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at it. I'm sure there's like stock influences and stuff like that but um yeah so that was uh keeping it in china for that second item um any other comments on that chris josh had to be a boatload of money right i'm just like i don't even it's got to be like i'm trying to think because amazon bought twitch for it was like a billion straight up right i don't remember what the numbers yeah, were for it was that. a couple years ago but like they lot. bought yeah it was like a lot of money mm-hmm. i mean that's buying a whole platform so i guess that's different but um, yeah, I don't know. Had to be just the exclusive streaming rights. It's gonna be a pretty big deal. So, uh, Riot's taking a week off after this patch. They made a big deal about announcing this. I don't know if they're just trying to appease people or what, but like, I don't know. I'm I'm for it. They're gonna they're gonna be on a grind for the next like you know two two three months, like prepping worlds and doing all that stuff. So I'm kind of cool with it. Um, not a whole lot going on in the news this week. I guess we'll get to the biggest art, the biggest piece, which is. Poe Belter is benched for CLG for week nine. How weird is this? Yeah, we, we kind of talked about it amongst ourselves, but, like, I can understand what they're trying to do. They're on a huge losing streak. They're trying to stay in the playoffs. They're they're in desperation mode to try to make something work. But doesn't it just feel like Poe Belter's, like, basically the worst option? Like, Wiggly has not had a good season. Stixay has not had a good season. I think I would go to those two guys as my first options to pick somebody up from the academy team. Pobelter just doesn't feel like the first guy I would try to replace, unless maybe it's you know a motivation issue or a personality issue. I think what's weird, like the weirdest thing for me, is that like it'd be one thing if he was your best player when he was like a resource hog and it just wasn't working. But that, I mean, just I mean, at least on film anyway, that doesn't appear to be the case to me. He's just good in every situation. But I mean, he had a bad week last week, so maybe that's where this is coming from. Yeah, you got to feel bad for these guys, and he's not the only one. But you got to feel bad for these guys that have never like really been great. Great, like even when Poe Belter was on Team Liquid, he was most people considered him kind of like a weak link on Team Liquid. So they just keep getting passed around by terrible teams. And so they kind of end up like looking bad by association because every team they're on is bad. And yeah. so it just seems like they're bad. There's a few guys that have kind of had that situation. They've played for like five or six different teams. And every time the version of the roster they were on was Altec, terrible. Altec, Apollo. I think Hakuho kind of suffers from the same thing. Actually, the two of them kind of went together a lot of places. But Even yeah. though I don't think he's good, I think Medios had this yeah. happen to him a little bit too. But I do think Pobelter is better than all the people I mentioned just now. So, like, it's not quite the same level, but it, it does feel like he's been kind of done dirty, like, over and over and over again. Like, I kind of want him to catch a break. And he's, like, legit 1v9 every yeah. game. Like, he's he's their only hope in any game. Like, when you watch CLG play, it's, is Pope out there going to pull something miraculous or not? Yeah. And <laughs> even in the games when he does, it's not enough, like, sometimes. Because we walked, we walked through it a couple weeks ago in that replay review we did. It was like he did everything perfect. He got like a four man, a zero old, and it was just like didn't matter. <laughs> he did. He does so much, and yeah, it's it's sad. It felt to me almost kind of like a um, like 
I, I, maybe it's not the same level, but like night in spring, because like top, like, like straight up, like top had moments in the spring where like the the rest of the players weren't good. It was just the night show, like every single game. Night Ro- rookie on Invictus, same thing. I mean, rookie on Invictus is probably a better example, honestly. Like in spring, they both had their a lot of games in last spring or where they were just completely one v nining. But yeah. it's kind of the same thing here, except it's a worse team. So it's yeah, I don't know. Like I mean. If they come out and win, I don't want to be like totally results oriented, but like maybe they're on to something. I don't know, but like it's just, the timing of it is just so weird to me. Like if you were on a like I don't, maybe this could have happened last week, like when you could have maybe salvaged. Like if you, if they win two games last week, all of a sudden it's looking a lot better for them, right? Yeah, to me it's it's legit crown shot in spring. Yeah, like it's like if he doesn't go nuts, they're not going to win, and that's kind of the, the case now. But they're winning more, but like. That's what it is to me, and it's the same thing. Like John was saying, like the team is bad, so they're just like, "Oh, we're bad." But it's like you have a good player, and to effectively blame this on him, which is how it be perceived, regardless of you know, I don't think they think that. Yeah, it's how it's going to be perceived, and it's just not really fair to the player. Yeah, I, I think that this is one of those things where I guess this is you see this with pro athletes all the time. Like someone get like you see like a stud running back gets fewer carries because some rookie is just playing out of his mind right now. Like, how do you ignore that kind of situation? It's like, it's not because this guy was playing bad or anything. It's just, you know, why wouldn't you split time? And everyone just always perceives it as like, oh, this guy's falling off or, oh, he's not as good as this guy or whatever. It's like, I don't – and I doubt that. I doubt CLG see it that way. I think this – John, you said it best. I think this seems kind of like they just want to mix something up for the sake of mixing it up. Maybe a different voice leading everything could be better. I assume he's the leading voice on that team, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Yeah, weird move, Chris. What do you think of this one? Yeah, uh, all this talk about blaming it on full belts. I wonder, didn't they at the beginning of the split announce that Wynn was going to start over 6A? And nothing came out of that. And now they want to blame this on full belter, which is ridiculous uh, for the whole thing. But I don't know. CLG just, as I've uh, always hammered, and I think uh, I I talked to you on Discord about this, this team needs a full skill reset. Yeah. Don't keep any of them. Just yeah, we were talking stuff. about that the other day. Like they, they just need they need to hit the reset button. I think. All right. Um, jeez, not a whole lot going on in the news this week, which is kind of weird because it's the end of the season. But um, where do we want to go next? Where do we want to open this week? We want to do the West this week. Let's see. Where do we Where do we never start? How about uh, LCS. the LCS? Yeah, let's start at the LCS. Let's just so get the guard. It is, it is week nine, so it's a little bit interesting. Um. So Friday night we have Team Solo mid minus one seventy seven against Golden Guardians plus one forty five. This should be a given Golden Guardians current form, this should be a pretty good match. This is much closer than I thought. Uh I I'm actually liking Golden Guardians here. TSM is coming off two hyped win. I mean against Evil Geniuses, whatever, but against C nine, they're probably coming from a high. Man, I, this is a juicy uh, one. Let me let me think. I'll listen to what everyone else says, but I'm very much leaning on Golden Guardians here. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in Golden Guardians, but like, what do you guys think on this one, Josh? Do you even have to ask? Like, no, no, never. I, I hate this team. I hate that they're doing well because I'm like buying into them a little bit, but uh, <laughs> TSM, TSM's look too good right now. I think, I mean... Like, people will say Jungle Gap, but every game TSM plays is Jungle Gap, and it hasn't really mattered. Like, yeah. Bjergsen's popping off, Caitlyn's back in the meta, and if you just ban Caitlyn away from Doublelift, then he can still just play Aphelios. So, like, 
I don't know. It, it seems like a really good meta for TSM. Uh, I don't really like. I think Demonte versus Bjergsen could be a train wreck personally right now with with Bjergsen's form. You know, before yeah. the season started, I'm just gonna sorry, I'll let you get in a second, but like, I'll just pitch this out to you guys. Like, before the season started, like going into summer, what was our evaluation of TSM? Right, our evaluation was generally, if Spica doesn't suck, they're gonna be good. Like, I don't know if, like, they're going to be league-winning good, but if Spica doesn't suck, they're going to be probably top three, right? That was kind of our consensus general take, and if if that if I'm mischaracterizing anyone, just let me know. But, no, that's what I thought. Um, Spica started off red hot and then kind of dulled down a little bit, came back down to earth, and, like, he's kind of just stayed at that level. But it hasn't been, like, it hasn't been particularly bad. So we're kind of seeing that best-case scenario for them, right? Yeah, I think they're... They're looking pretty good now. I, I still don't know if I like them to be in the conversation to win the league. Maybe they're they're right, you know, on the brink of being in that conversation. I think they'd probably be Golden Guardians here. Um, I think minus one seventy seven might be a little heavy handed for the LCS. Like the LCS has just been, you know, flip a coin type deal for the most yeah. part. But I, I do think that coin is weighted enough towards TSM that I might just hold off on this one. I can actually pull that up for you right now. Um, so. The LCS is it's so it's weird. Favorites are fifty four and twenty six. It feels like that. Like it feels like there's been more upsets than that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think a lot of the upsets have just been like gigantic underdogs. Yeah, thirty three, thirty three percent upsets or whatever is still pretty. Like that's a decent upset right there. Yeah. It's not like Korea. Korea is fifty five and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Yeah, this is a weird one because I, I, I don't. This is like it feels like an overreaction spot, right? So like in my head, I'm tempered to look at this and like approach it with be like, okay, TSM are coming off a huge win against uh, what I think is still the best team. I don't think it's like totally undisputed, but like I think Cloud Nine still the best team. They're coming off a win against Cloud Nine. Golden Guardians coming off just an awesome weekend. They looked great last weekend. It feels like we're going to get a little regression both ways. Like that's how that's how I tend to look at these. But I also think that you you know sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. And if both teams are playing really well, then maybe that is it. Just is what it is. So I I'm like leaning toward Golden Guardians here, but I, I kind of think this is this is priced pretty close. You got another factor in there, which is that this is a no motivation game for Golden Guardians and a motivation game for TSM. Like, TSM winning here is actually pretty important for them, whereas Golden Guardians doesn't really care too much. I talk about it a lot in my videos, but for anyone that listens to the gold card that doesn't watch the, the my videos is, when I say no motivation, what I really mean is not like they're going to go out there and they don't care about winning. It's just that they're more likely to be able to try something weird that might fail or, you know, just have a bad draft or fight an objective where maybe it's not a great fight for them, but they think they could outplay it. Just stuff like that. And so, like, when I see a team that's in a no motivation spot... I think it's more likely that there's a couple extra things that could go wrong. And so, you know, Golden Guardians is in a no-motivation spot here, and TSM's in a high-motivation spot. So I think I like TSM. I do think um, – I guess we should just take a second to talk about that because I think it's a really important – especially this time of year, it's kind of a really important topic, which is like – so So I tend to – I don't completely throw out motivation, but I give it – I feel like I give way less credence and weight to motivation factors than most people do. And maybe that's just because I've been, you know, 
destroyed and mentally broken by the LPL over the last few years. <laughs> I have no idea, but like, obviously we're seeing August LPL in full swing. That's the name of the episode. I just decided. <laughs> um, but like, I, I think people tend to overrate motivation factors, no matter what, like whether it's not a lack of, or, you know, extra motivation for, and I think people tend to forget that things can go multiple ways. Like sometimes, having no pressure on you will make things better for you, like for a team. Like they loosen up. They're not as tight. They're not as nervous. They're not as, you know, maybe they're more willing to, you know, more comfortably take a fight because there's no pressure on them. Conversely, some teams don't handle pressure well. But there's also, it goes the other way too. Like some teams, when they're highly motivated, they look sharper. They look better. And, you know, every team is different. So it's really, really, and and you don't know until you see it, right? So to me, it's, it's basically just like throwing darts, and you don't, like, that, you don't know unless there's a team with history. That's that's the exception, I think. Just like the way that I like to look at it is not like I think all the teams like motivation to win any game is roughly about the same. I mean, they're they're maybe slightly more motivated when it comes to like you know a playoff winning in, but I think pretty much any game in the season they really want to win it. The difference for me comes entirely from things like the draft. Like I said, is like if you're locked for playoffs, maybe you're like, yeah, let's try out a weird you know wombo combo thing and see if it works. Whereas if it's your winning in game. I'm going to expect a team to come up with like a pretty solid, good composition that can win. The coach is going to put a lot of effort into trying to find a, a composition that's going to work. That kind of stuff, more so than like the, whether the guys want to win or not. I think they want to win every game. About yeah, the same I, I, th- I think people tend to forget that like we we break their because they're kids, right? They're young for the most part. I think people tend to forget that like you know we make fun of them for all the things that professional gamers, you know, all the issues they tend to have with things but like for the most part they're still professional players. They want to win. They're competitive. You don't get to that level not being a competitive person. So, I think people tend to oversell that narrative a little too much. And um yeah, I think it's more it's more a matter of like preparation like you were saying, John. Like I mean, we're seeing the the other thing is like it's so rare that there's like actually a zero motivation spot. This is actually one of them because Golden Guardians can't change their position really, right? Like they're going to be stuck at what five or six, right? It tends to be teams that are eliminated from the playoffs that get in no motivation spots. Not te- teams that are in the playoffs usually have some level of motivation to move up or move around or whatever. The eliminated teams are the ones that usually have absolutely no motivation. Except, in but in this field. in this case, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think. Go ahead, Jeff. I also think it honestly like doesn't really apply for me until the last game of the split, to be honest, because, like, we do see it, like, in the uh, LEC last year, we saw it, right, with uh, the Fnatic absolute crazy game against Vitality when, like, Selfmade played Evelyn, and, and, and then, like, even G2, I think, and Misfits, I think, like, Dan Dan played like Timo or something like that's like that's like a totally different thing. I classify those as like the fiestas, like I always call them. Is yeah. like that's not no motivation or whatever. That's just fiesta potential where they might just draft complete like garbage comps and switch positions and just fight at crab at level three with a five v five. You know, that's something that happens. Like you say, that's a last game of the season type thing for the most part. Yeah, I think it's just an interesting thing like angle to discuss because. Just like I think, just don't put too much weight on like the actual psychological motivation of the players. Maybe it's more just about like how they're approaching draft and game planning and whatnot. So, yeah, just something to think of for like any any time you're getting into the, like the last couple of weeks or the last week of a season in any of these leagues because it, it's something that comes up. But uh, yeah, I tend to run counter to that. Like for John, it's like motivation. 
make sure you pay attention for you. It's like, don't overrate that for me. It's like, just go the opposite. Whoever is motivated, they'll probably lose. I've been hurt by the LPL, as you can tell. Yeah. Very much hurt. Um, and I think I've just seen too many instances where I have overrated that motivation factor and end up on the losing end. So, yeah. <sighs> It's something to it's something to keep in mind, but like, don't make it your everything. Like, it's not your full weight of everything. You know, like a handicap or an evaluation of a game or something. Like, it's it's something to consider, and that's it. Uh, where do we settle on this TSM uh, Golden Guardians? I'm like leaning Golden Guardians, but I actually kind of think this is a pass. I think this line's just about right, just off the top of my head here. I think it's a pass, Josh. You're muted. Sorry. I'll probably be on TSM kill spreads. Uh, I don't like the – I think the money line probably is maybe a little heavy-handed, but uh, the kill spreads with them being this close should probably be like five and a half or so. Five and a half, yeah. Yeah, so I would guess that's that's going to be bettable for me. Chris? Uh, they, they smashed them in their first matchup for whatever that's worth as well. Uh, all this talk is making me just in the way. But you know what? I'll take Golden Gardens. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Golden Guardians too because I think this is in their current form. I think this is pretty even, but we'll see. Cloud Nine minus six twenty seven against Dignitas. Anything to say here? Nope, not taking Dignitas. They better show. I'll probably take the overs. <laughs> okay, look, man, I've defended Viper against people like crapping on him forever. Like he still has not been good, and I don't know why he's still playing. Like. No. I, I, I'm not trying to be harsh on the guy because that's what I've been defending him against. Yeah. People being way too rough on him, but I don't know why Lorlo's not playing for them. Like yeah. he he had one really good ribbon game, which is awesome, and I loved it. And other than that, he's been pretty bad in most of the games. Here. I don't know if he's just like scrim godding. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if he he's is. just like just obliterating scrims or like they think they're getting draft equity with him or something like that. But he, he did make a post on Twitter uh, when they incorrectly did his stats on on the broadcast, yeah. and he said that he's having a really hard time with nerves uh, in the pro games, and that he's been a lot better in practices and and scrims and stuff, and he's just having a really hard time with the stage games. I guess that makes some. I mean, it makes sense. Like now that we've seen that come to fruition, I guess because clearly, like. You're right. Like people over people tend to dunk on people way too hard just in general. So I'm all for like looking out. But if, if you're like the staunch Viper defender, and you're even you're saying like uh, not so much, I, I think there's something. Yeah, to I, mean, that. I do think that this. Like I honestly think that at the time when people first started like really shitting on Viper, he was one of the best like up and coming potential players in the league. Yeah, that had like a really high ceiling, and any team would have been lucky to have him somewhere on the roster. But I literally called it right when it happened, is if you start talking like that way about somebody, then they're going to start playing a certain way because they want to get that respect back. And it started happening immediately with him, and he's just been worse and worse ever since. And people are continuing to be rougher, and so he's trying more and more to be that way, and it's just been a downhill spiral. And that's exactly what I started talking about the first time it happened. So It's, it's weird. He didn't dig his own grave. Like, his own play dug his own grave. It's like the weirdest, it's like the weirdest thing, right? Like it's He... To me, he's just, like, a very weird player. Like, I don't understand what he's good at, honestly. Because, like, it it doesn't make sense to me that he can dominate so hard when he gets his ribbon, but he's, like, so inept on almost every other champion. I mean, he did – I think there was one game recently where I, like, said, oh, he finally won a lane. But, like, 
it's just so weird to me how he can be like, it seems like there's nothing that he's consistently great at. Cause usually those players are like really good in team fights or something, but I don't know what it is that like keeps him around the scene. You it know, might like, just be nerves, man. Like it might legitimately yeah. just be nerves. Cause like, like he said, if he's having trouble with stage, like on stage or like the, I mean, I guess like on stage in quotes right now, but like if he's having trouble in the actual program, again, like this is another case of, don't define this dude by like what we see because like he could be absolutely dominating in 90% of their scrim games or something like that. Like he's when just he doing was, his job to a T and then we see the two games a week. When he was an up and coming prospect, he was like a mini version of the shy. He played like big carries in the top lane and he usually crushed his lane. Occasionally he got crushed in lane the same way the shy did, but he also had some games kind of like the shy where when he was forced onto something like Orn, he looked pretty bad. But when he was on the carries, he generally looked very good. Yeah. And then now he it's kind of fallen off. Uh, he still can't play the tanks the way that he couldn't back then. But his carry game has fallen off too because of it seems like kind of the stage fright might have made him overplay his carry games. Yeah, I do think for what it's worth, I don't. I've had a lot of issues with. I mean, I don't the, really just like that team's drafting in general. So I don't. I don't I'm not entirely you know, making that as an excuse or whatever, but like, it's just something to consider. Like, I think, I think this team has more problems than Viper for what that's worth. Like they just, they just have these, they have these games where, I mean, I talked about it last week. They have these games where they'll pick like, what the hell was it last week? I don't remember now. They'll have games where like, they just pick like, like a gank focused jungler that has to get ahead early. And then like, they have no lanes that are gankable. And they do that, like, it seems like they do it, like, every other game or every third game. It's like, it's just an auto loss. I don't care who you're against. Like, unless you're... Well, that's because... It's because your mid laner is a, a zero one trick who's not generally, like, a gankable lane, and your top laner has never won a lane in his entire life, so... It's, it's just so weird to me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm staying away from this. Like, the thing is, this could be, like, an overcorrection spot, which is why I'm going to, like, kill totals in this one, I think, because... If if you have a week where you just look like completely feeble like that, I think you tend to the coaching staff. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Coaching staff tends to overcorrect and be like, okay, let's play fucking like Ash Malphite Oriana, like just something really easy, like soup, like just go, just press a go button and go, you know, like just something like that. So I think maybe we see some higher kills here. Saturday, uh, Golden Guardians minus one twenty seven. Evil Geniuses plus one hundred five. Interesting. How the turntables have turned. Yeah, Golden Guardian's a favorite over EG, uh, and I think they should be. And yeah. I actually think I'm going to bet Golden Guardians. Um, I, I said it, man, when they switched over to that Golden Glue Hootie lineup, they won one game, and I was like, I still don't think this is going to be yep. your better lineup. And then since then, the lineup has looked significantly worse. So, yeah, I like Golden Guardians here. That team just, like, looks like they don't talk. Does anybody else get that vibe with them? Like, they have good players, obviously. Like, they're good players. But it feels like they just go into a game, and if they get ahead, then cool. Like, they can win a game, right? But it feels like they're not entirely, like, get ahead, lose, get, or get ahead, win, get behind, lose, because they don't always win when they get ahead. But, like, it feels like they're, like, a very momentum or, like, psychologically, like, I don't want to call them psychologically weak, but it feels that way, right? You can, like, literally watch their cams. And, like, when they're losing, they just don't talk. Like, nobody's talking. And then when they're winning, there's a lot more conversation. Obviously, this is, like, generally something that happens, but, like, them, it seems really, really extreme to me. So, I, I'm with you, man. Golden Guardian's here. No love for EG. 
They did have one pretty good game last week. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... This this team is just guessing right now. I don't feel like they have anything concrete of what they want to do or how they want to execute it. They know what they want to draft. That's been consistent. They know yeah. what they want to draft. Just the execution is just terrible. It is the best way to describe this team. It's like, huh, eh, I don't know. Like <laughs> To me, it's... I said, when I was talking about the TSM Golden Guardians game, I said, like, um, the jungle gap, like, is probably existent but doesn't matter. In this game, I feel like the exact opposite because I just don't see an out to where EG can really overcome it, honestly. Uh, like, you're ne- Bang's never just going to stomp his lane. Huni, that kind of player. Yeah, Huni might, but Hunter's been pretty good at playing his role. Um, so... I don't. Yeah, I just like feel like the jungle got too big here for them to really do yeah, anything. I think Bozo and Demonte have been like kind of nails the last couple of weeks. Like they they just got you. You know you, when you watch a team like they just they just got it at the moment. Like I don't know if that's gonna last, but right now they they just have it. Like they're they're just super confident. Like they'll make every play that they need to make. It's actually really really fun to watch. Golden Guardians have been. I was pretty optimistic about that team like before like going into the season. Then it kind of fell off, but like they've they've looked better than I thought they would look like in their best case scenario, honestly, because they're doing like everything. They're doing everything pretty well. It's not like they're one dimensional team or anything. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I'm going to go guardians here. I'm, I'm done with EG. Like I, it feels weird that you're like laying money with golden guardians, but like, I really do think that EG just like, don't know who they are. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of swagger and confidence from the golden guardians. I like that bet here. Especially in the best of one. I, I, yeah, I just like that a lot. Team Liquid, minus 518 against Immortals, plus 383. Immortals kill spreads. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's going to be like 9.5 or 10.5, and, and Liquid's going to win like 12 to 4. That's how these <laughs> games like go. That. That's like how these that. games have been going, man. I'm telling you. So, this one's interesting on that, just because you specifically mentioned it. Do you think this is a spot where, because everyone's dunking on, on TL for being too slow, they're never doing anything, like... Do you think they now start trying it with C9 having dropped the two games last week? Like, do you think they'll maybe start trying to explore, like, an early game comp or just, like, give Brox to something and, and try and unlock the play style he was previously known for? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, to me, it's it's more dependent on what Immortals do than what Liquid does. Like, if Immortals play it slow, it's going to be a slow game. Like, Liquid are just going to take their advantages, like, regardless of what they draft. This, this is the thing with Liquid is, like, it seems like regardless of what they draft, they play the same way, which I don't have a problem with. But, like, you know, from a betting perspective, it's like, okay, like, they're, they they just almost never, like, they will smash people thorough. They're, they T1 smash people. They're just like T1, where every once in a while they'll have a blow-up game, but for the most part, their, like, stompings are, like, a 3K gold lead at 20 minutes, and they win 12 to 4, 14 to 6, you know, like, you know, 12 to 2, like those kind of games, right? Where it's more about, like, they just don't, the good thing about them is they don't give you windows back into the game. Like, at least recently they haven't. They were having problems with that in the middle of the split. But, so to me, it's a matter of, like, if Immortals try really hard to get into it, then this could end up blowing up and being a high kill game and Liquid could cover and they could just, like, you know, clean up all the mistakes. If Immortals just do what they've been doing, which is just, like, Listen, we're scaling no matter what. That's kind of what Immortals have been doing. Then it's just going to be a slow and ugly game to me. So, 
I don't know. I'm gonna be. I'm probably gonna be on Immortals kill spreads because I think there's like more more outs to that happening than the other thing happening. And I and to about the the two games up point. I don't think Jets gonna mess around. <laughs> like I don't think that's what they're thinking. Maybe if they win this game, then we could look for them to do that on Sunday. That's what I'm about to say. You look for more of that on Sunday usually. This is the Fiesta Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if if Cloud Nine lose, maybe who knows? But I think Jet. I mean, we've heard him talk about. That. I'd have to go back and like comb over stuff, but I'm pretty sure I've heard him talk about like not screwing around later in the season, like to not lose momentum. I could. Yeah, be he He seems like a no nonsense coach for sure. Yeah. So, um, CLG plus two thirty one, FlyQuest minus two ninety three. So, FlyQuest looking back in form. Uh, oh. FlyQuest, dude. I'm so <laughs> tired of FlyQuest, dude. And they're like, they're my team too. I'm so tired of them. They just yeah. they look so bad, and then they come back and look like they're clearly the third or fourth best team in the league or whatever. For then they look bad again. I don't know. Yeah, they look great last weekend. I got to give it to them. So um, I don't know if I'm betting on a minus two ninety three, but I definitely think they beat CLG. So yeah, I think kill spreads are a good option. FlyQuest have actually been sick against the spread this season too. Um, cause they're, I mean, when they win, it's like, they have like 24 kills, you know, like that's a lot of, like they have a lot of kills when they win games. So, um, they've had a lot of blowout wins, a lot of overs. So I could definitely see that being the case here. Unless CLG just roll over and die, which is totally a possibility. So, um, Dignitas plus 162, 100 Thieves minus 200. This feels a little light on 100 Thieves, doesn't it? Uh, feels like this should be heavier. Like, I feel like it should be, be like 250, 300. It should be, but I don't think 100 Thieves necessarily strikes you with the confidence in the best of one that yeah. they'll always win. I'm sure Dignitas is the worst team right next to Immortals Academy, but it's just the inconsistency. I uh, I think the book's got it right on this one, though. My, my. Yeah, this might be like one of those like I'm tempted to just be like oh, 100 thieves, no question. But then I remember my gold, my golden rule of summer, which is in the LCS. Anybody that's not in the top five, don't lay money with them. It's just not worth it. Josh, I don't think. One? Oh, I was just saying, I don't think I end up betting it, but I do think that they're a pretty big favorite. You're muted. <laughs> Sorry, this uh, other Josh, is rocking a, Josh is rocking a two mic setup right now to try to you know be be kinder on everyone's ears here. Yeah, he's taking one for the uh, team, for the viewers for the for the brand, right? Yeah, I keep messing it up, but uh, yeah, I I actually was hoping for a better number on a hundred thieves, like minus one seventy or so, because some of the stats underlying aren't that far away. Like if you look at just like their early game and mid late rating, they're actually pretty close between the two teams, but um. I don't think I would bet at this number. I don't think the line is necessarily wrong, per se. I was just hoping for a better one. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. TSM Liquid. TSM plus 127, Liquid minus 154. I'm probably going to take TSM here. Not even because I think they're better. I just think it's probably, like, probably closer than this. I could be convinced either way. Convince me. Convince me otherwise. This is for the number one seed, potentially for the number one Yeah, seat. that's true. That's wild, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it uh, how, isn't it, it is crazy how much of this season we talked about 
how much of a lock Cloud9 was to finish this season in first place, basically. And it really seemed like there was just no way they weren't coming first, even if they hit a rough patch or whatever. And as soon as they just hit a little rough patch, it was just zoom. Just Team Liquid just popped right by them. TSM caught up. Yeah, it's wild. I don't I don't think I want to bet Team Liquid here. I might bet TSM just because I feel like these two teams have enough like various little deficiencies the other team could take care of, like could take advantage of that it just doesn't feel like I want to lay money on either one of these teams against the other one. I could yeah. see it going either way. Yeah, like that's how it feels to me. Like I, I do think like in a vacuum, I, I, I think Liquid are a better team, but I don't think it's by enough to like be a noticeable big difference to me. Like, I mean, I'll give it to Liquid. Like as ugly as it's been sometimes, they've been pretty consistent. Like they're they're just doing their thing. Like even even the games where it looks like you want to criticize them for like how they won or whatever. Like they're getting the win still, but I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just going to be on TSM here. I think this is pretty close to a coin flip. Like maybe like a short, like a, I don't know. Maybe it's like a 55, 45 coin flip or something like that to liquid. I don't know. I'd have to look at the odds. It should be a good game. I mean, you're right. And it could potentially be for first place, which is just nuts. Um, Cloud nine. Plus three seventy one or CLG plus three seventy one. Yeah, Cloud Nine plus three seventy one. Okay, <laughs> uh, CLG plus three seventy one. Cloud Nine minus five hundred. I would imagine Cloud Nine they're gonna be still in it. I don't know. Like if I guess if Liquid, I don't know how they're gonna like lay the schedule out. Like there's a chance maybe we see some buffoonery if Liquid secure first or something like that. This Cloud Nine seem like the team that they would do that. I know I had talked about this like a week or two ago, but I didn't even really quite put it together until right now. They're like, man, CLG's schedule is just too tough. They're going to get knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I know I looked at it a few weeks back and I said their schedule was really hard and I thought they'd miss, but I wasn't really quite exactly seeing the picture until I look at this schedule here and just go like, actually, yeah, they're probably just going to go O two and and get knocked out here. Well, that was the other thought I had about like the substitution, right? Like, is this them just looking at the other teams and be like, we're never beating those two teams? <laughs> a game ahead so like clg or dig or immortal still has to beat somebody so i guess like there's still a pretty good chance that those teams just don't yeah, beat and, anybody and digging immortals don't exactly have easy schedules either maybe they're just betting on digging immortals not beating anyone how arrogant would that be as yeah, the we'll eighth place team you're like nah dude we're good we got it <laughs> that'd be so funny if we found that out we'll never find it out but um uh, Cloud Nine here, right? Like probably kill spreads or something. I don't know. I have to look. Um, Evil Geniuses laying one forty four against Hundred Thieves plus one nineteen. I called dibs. I called dibs. You did, and it went up. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, this is this is the easiest pick of the week I've seen in years. Thieves, right? Yeah. I mean, all the way. Like, these teams, I would say, are like overall. Like, just if we had a, like, rating system, I think these teams are, like, pretty close. But one of them is very confident and knows who they are right now, and the other one doesn't know what the hell they want to do every game. So, like, give me the confident team, you know? Like, if they're similarly rated. And, like, I would – even if that wasn't the case and they both kind of looked like they were faltering a little bit, I would take the plus money here. It's just an added bonus that 100 Thieves, even when they're losing, they at least know what they want to do and they're confident about it. So, I'll, I like 100 Thieves here. I do too. This next one's funny though. It's gonna be. It's gonna make for a really funny last game of the of the season. Yeah, uh, Immortals plus two thirty eight. FlyQuest minus three hundred three. There's like a super legit chance that going into this game, it's gonna be 
like immortals playing for their playoff lives, possibly. Which <laughs> is wild have... to think about, too. Because they actually have a 1-1 record with CLG. Oh, so no. <laughs> if they buy CLG, then there's going to have to be a playoff. And there's a pretty good chance that going into this game, FlyQuest is going to have nothing to play for, and Immortals is going to be playing for the like miracle shot at making the playoffs. And they probably just get their dreams crushed by FlyQuest. But this is gonna—it's funny that this could be like a an actually exciting last game of the week: Immortals versus FlyQuest. Just something to note, um, you know, competitive integrity aside, FlyQuest could essentially choose who they let into playoffs here, right? Potentially. Yeah, they they could decide to you know they could play something a little bit weirder here and and maybe give Immortals a better chance to win. I mean they're not going to throw the game, but they could they could definitely mess around in this game a little bit and and play something a little bit more for fun. Just cast sub in, give me sub in MLXG, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, starting at top lane for FlyQuest in place of Solo just for this game is the Fish Tank, and that's. <laughs> Wait, didn't you guys hear that FlyQuest signed Wei-An this week or no? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Was that what in the news? Oh, we didn't discuss that in the news items, Josh. This is the like the most waste of time aside for our podcast, but is there any players, Vince, in all of league history that you would like legitimately just pay money out of your wallet just to watch him play another game? Like, I, I would pay $20 right now to watch MLXG play another stage game. I just love MLXG, dude. Man, I just want to see him back. Medlife. Yeah, I'll, I'll put twenty dollars down, especially if it's if it's a worlds game. I'll pay fifty dollars to watch MLXG at a worlds again. Medlife, um, I'll never get tired of watching Score. I think he's one of the best players of all time. Uh, just in terms of weirdness, like the entire Moscow Five team, I would pay to watch again. Like, are <laughs> you with the whole team play. together? Oh yeah, dude. Like, we can we crowdsource this? <laughs> well, some of them are still playing. So I can't yeah. even say that. So, yeah, I don't know. This is this is going to be like waiting to see the implications, and this is probably going to end up being a stay away because I think I'm going to end up betting Immortals, and it's probably going to fail. But I'm going to end up probably betting them because I'm guessing over. that they're going to be highly over. motivated. Over, take the over. Oh yeah, the over. Yeah, take the over. Take alternate overs. There's a good chance this is like one of those like was it Vitality and Fnatic last season had the. 60 kill game or whatever, just like goofing off. High potential. I kind of like Immortals here either way, actually, because like FlyQuest kind of play right into what they're doing. Because like if you think about Immortals right now, like all they want to do is get Insanity to three items and just he's hope he one of the be- yeah he's one of the best team fighters in NA. I think honestly, uh, like he's go ups. Yep, he's he's Dollar Tree Power of Evil. Honestly, yeah. like. He's he's that type of player right now, and I don't know. I could definitely see it getting to a situation where both teams just stall, and then Immortals finally, instead of losing every late game team fight like they have all season, they finally pull one off. Uh, you know, maybe FlyQuest decided to put Solo on Renekton for some reason again, and he's worthless by then. So, yeah, insanity I don't know. is definitely. I mean, of note for this series, like besides like all the implications and everything, like Insanity has definitely played himself into a job, right? Oh, for sure. He's looked for really sure. good. Like I, I was pretty optimistic for him just because he's like my boy, fellow Carthus means Carthus means unite. But yeah, no, he's, he's a hot looked prospect. Really though. good. He's looked excellent. So he's looked better than I thought he would ever look. To be honest with you, but yeah, good. Um. All right. So NA, who's well, who's making playoffs? Final answer. 
I think it's going to end up being CLG, maybe Immortals. I think Dig's out. Josh? Muted. <laughs> I think it's going to be CLG. I think all three teams go 0-2, so CLG just wins because they had a game up. Chris, who's breaking parity? Uh, Anybody? Gosh, no. Nobody deserves to even be in the playoffs. I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, we petition to change the players. Like it doesn't matter, but for their sake, for people who want to know who who's going to exit in the first round, I think I'm going to go with Dignitas for the That's fair. Dignitas began. All right, LEC. One more, one more waste of time question. Yeah. If you uh, is there anybody? Is there any player that you would just pay money out of your wallet to never see play a professional game again? Because I don't ever want to see Solo after this season. I'm done with Solo as a human being. I don't He's want to see him so anymore. He's so good. Get rid of him. I'm tired of that guy. I'm tired of him liking Instagram fans only only fans pictures. <laughs> Twitter. I just want him gone. I'm done with Solo. Um, player, I would. My wife wants fine when I'm on Twitter sometimes, guys. I can't have these Solo only fans pictures. <laughs> Player I would not want to see again. Um, Jeez. It's probably... Honestly, I hate to say it. It's probably Mickey. I'm done with Mickey. I'm done with Mickey. (laughs) I was was literally going to say Jelani's is Mickey. I literally almost said it right before you... He's not good. He's just not good. How did he get a job? I need to know. Who does he have pictures of? I mean... Probably the same agent as Jock Troll, so... I mean, I know APK isn't exactly, or Solhe one now, like, they're not exactly, like, laden with talent or anything like that, but, like, Mickey? He couldn't even hack it! I mean, the LEC has good mid laners. I don't want want to say, like, he couldn't even hack it in, like, a a weaker league or whatever, because the LEC is pretty good. But he's very clearly not good, right? Like, that was... I don't know. I don't get it. Mickey, I, I mean, I'm kind of tired of the Ixu just narrative street that everybody thinks he's good and he's just not. He's creative and smart. I'll give him that. He's smart. He's got old man game, but he's not good. You don't have the chops anymore. That whole APK team, I just want to get rid of. APK is the new Victory 5. I hope they bring in a bunch of rookies next split and they just trounce everybody. I don't even know if they survive franchising. No, I mean, they're not going to. I don't think so. They're not going to be... I mean, they're going to have to – I'm sure they'll, like, change ownership or something like that. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting there. Uh, LEC next. Any objections? All right, cool. Let's do it. Vitality, plus 200 against Rogue, minus 278 on Friday to open the day off. Um. Just a heads up to everybody. The Sunday games are currently off the board, obviously, because of the playoff implications. Um. If your book has them posted, I would just be cautious about them. If you're gonna take any positions in those Sunday games, if they're if if it's an option to you, make sure you're going through all the scenarios beforehand so that you don't kind of screw yourself with, you know, thinking oh, this is the right position on something and realize that that team, you know, maybe it's just gonna be done or mail it in or they have nothing to play for. Maybe subs come in for the the final game. So just be cautious. I would say, um, yeah. So vitality plus two hundred, rogue minus two seventy eight. Give me Rogue, dude. 
roadkill spreads. I'm not laying the money line with it, but roadkill spreads. Yep. No disrespect to Vitality. Cause I, so, the thing is, I think sometimes when you're, like, real decisive on a team, it makes it's, like, disrespectful to the other team. Like, again, like, Europe, anybody can eat, beat anybody in Europe. But I do think, end of the day, Rogue should be favored by this much and that I'll be on Rogue for sure. Like, Europe has kind of been that way where, like, you just got to kind of, like, okay, like, this team's enough better than this team that this is the position. And then, like, if it gets blown up, it gets blown up, you know? Like, that, it just is what it is. You can't, like, change your handicap on something just because there's been a lot of, like, upsets this season. You can kind of expect that going in so that you're not as pissed when it happens. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, Vitality have been pretty good. They looked pretty good last weekend. I just think Rogue are actually good. Any objections there? Not for me. I think. Uh, Damn. No, I'm I'm saying both. I think Vitality, like, no disrespect to them, but Rogue's kind of a team I don't really want to pick on here. I, I will say, like, the rogue, the rogue odds are a little bit heavy, in my opinion. Uh, so, like I said, I'm not going to bet money line on them, but uh, I do think Vitality, you know, it's a shame that they're playing Rogue in this spot because I would like them as an underdog in a lot of other spots. I think. Yeah, we got them tomorrow in an interesting spot. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty impressed with the Vitality this season, man. A couple times I thought you know the season's kind of over for them. They got hot for a minute. Now they're now they're dying back down, and they've they've stayed competitive and stayed strong. I'm pretty impressed with Rogue. I'm I'm just really I mean happy sorry with Vitality. The, I'm just really happy with the bottom of the table in Europe in general, like Schalke and Vitality, and like even XL, like. Like, none of these teams, like, these teams are all pretty good. Like, if you screw up, they're going to beat you. It's not like you ever, there's, I've been saying it all season, like, there's no free squares in Europe, right? Schalke was looking that way for a little while, but, like, in their current form, they look damn good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Still rogue here. Uh, Origin XL, pick them. Well, minus 115s, esports pick them. That one's, that one's really tough because, I mean, really, it should be XL like from what we've seen recently, but it's really hard just yeah. when you've seen the history of those two teams. And especially because for so long, they kind of played very similar strategies, except the origin was just way better at it. And so it's really hard to pick XL over origin, but I think the way they've been playing recently, maybe the only reason you don't take XL is because they have like maybe the worst mid laner in the league to take advantage of nuke duck. Like if you're going to try to take advantage of him, special is not the guy that's going to do it. Probably. So this is the OMG WE situation from the other day, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, okay, like both these teams, like their their weakness that you're supposed to exploit is like the same on the other team. So it's like uh, you end up with the Spider Man meme, and then eventually some shit happens one way or the other, and that's that, right? <laughs> like, uh, I think this is appropriately even money for what that's worth. I'm going to be on Origin here. Yeah, I think I might just stay away from this one, to be honest. I'm going to be on Origin here. I'm going down with the ship on this one. This is like a bit of a gut handicap, admittedly. Like, it doesn't, like, you're right. Excel's the one that makes sense to play here, but I just, I think, I think Origin are going to clutch this one out and at least try to make some kind of run here. Nope. You've got no comment. I mean, so even. I don't see value for myself here. Nope. No bet. What's interesting is, I mean, we're going to see another one in just a minute here on on Saturday, but I, mean, I guess we'll we could just mention it. We'll, we'll just get we'll get there. But Origin and SK are even money to, on Saturday too, so 
kind of wild. Like, do we like our Excel and SK? Honestly, I really do think the middle of the table is anyone's ball game. So I kind of would. I'm 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 kind of surprised that the whole middle of the table is not just split one fifteens for like every game. It would actually be kind of hard, right? It's been a really good season in the LEC in that yeah, in that sense. I really, really appreciate it. Enjoy it. Um, Fnatic minus two hundred four. Schalke plus one fifty. This is way over reaction mode, right? That's the way it feels to me, anyway. I, I think you got to be on Fnatic here, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah like, they're really overreacting to Schalke having a good weekend. Schalke do look good. They really do, but this is a huge overreaction. Josh? Let's just end their miracle run, sorry. Now, go ahead, Chris. You're, you're good. Does that end their miracle run if they lose this one? If yeah, I mean, they're 5-10. and 10. Like, the way it is right now, they need... I think somebody said they have, like, a 1% chance or something like that. There's, like, four scenarios where they get it or something like that. They need to win out, and they need, like, Excel, they need, like, Excel and Fnatic and Misfits and, or like, I don't they just need, like, a bunch of people to lose, like, two games or three games. Like, different combinations of two games and three games, and some of them play each other, so it's got to be, like, exactly, it's got to be, like, a JDG sneaking in last spring kind of situation. I don't know. I just think this is a big overreaction. I think easy Fnatic pick here. I also think yeah, the meta like is going to be in a better place for Fnatic too, like moving forward. So, so for me, it's like I, I actually hate this spot because I'm like a person that believes in sample size for the most part, but like it's really hard to ignore what Shock has been doing. Yeah, like they they look like a whole new team. I mean, their past four games they've beaten Origin, Excel, G2, and Misfits, and like. Those are all four teams that are competing to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. Pretty decisive, too, for what it's worth. I mean, I think like, yeah. it's pretty close. but Yeah, but it, it's just hard. And, and especially with how Fnatic's been playing, I mean, they're sort of close. Like, if you just look at kind of like the, the past couple of patches, they're sort of close in the key metrics. So it, it actually makes me kind of want to lean Chalka. But, like, it feels so disgusting. But honestly, like, I could see it. I mean... And can we take a second, like, Gilius? Holy cow. Yeah. You want to talk about someone redefining their entire career, by the way? I don't know about that, man. Like, he's he's always been this kind of player. He's just running hot right now. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes you just need a guy that's like that, right? MLXG was like that, right? Like, sometimes he's just he, – when he's on, he's on. He just has it, right? Like, every every league has these players, right? Kuve, Kuve in the LCK. Kuve looks like he's a nobody, and then like it seems like every year in all, it hasn't happened yet because he's not playing right now. But it seems like every year in like late July or August, he just turns into a god for like three weeks, and then turns back into a pumpkin for the rest of the year. It's like he's a werewolf or something. It's wild. So, I mean, Gilius, yeah, he's, but I do think it's like a whole team thing. But maybe did you hear the post game interview they did with? I think it was like Zazi, and then like the next day it was him. Where Gilius was talking, he was like, yeah, everyone else is just kind of like, no, let's just like, play slow and steady, and if, you know, whatever happens, happens. And he's just like, no, we're going to fucking win this game right now. Let's go. Get him my back. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just like, at least people are listening. Because from everything I've heard, I uh, actually heard uh, young, young Buck. Was he the former Fnatic coach? That's his name, yeah. right? He was talking on one of the – one of the Yeah. He was talking on it this week, and he was saying, like, he has some insider information on the Fnatic situation. They didn't really want to talk about it, but it's just a huge clash of play styles. And, like, 
it makes total sense. Like it it didn't this this roster is kind of odd in that you have Whippo and uh Hilly who are just they want to fight self-made. at all times. Yeah. Well, I feel like Selfmade's kind of like a, a middle ground between the two, but but yeah, they they're just trying to find any engage at any time regardless of if they're at 20% HP or 100% HP. And then you have Reckless and Nemesis who are more just like only want to take great, you know, 70% fights. Plays, yeah. yeah. So like I don't know, against a team like that, if you have someone that's just decisive and the team's following, I could definitely see it. And right now like can you really say Fnatic's mid jungle is stronger than Shalka's? No, uh, right now I can't yeah, definitively I, say that. That's what I'm saying. So, like to me, I kind of want to take the positive odds. I don't know. I, it feels disgusting, but I may end up having to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe I'm giving too much credence to Pedigree here, but like I really do think like Fnatic, Fnatic are in this position and they've been playing like toward the bottom end of their outcomes. Like still, like they haven't been like completely stomping people still. And maybe maybe I'm delusional and this team's just not that good. But I look at a team like this and it's like. If if anything, if anything ever just like clicks, at all, they're like in contention to win the split. That's I think the way it feels to me. We've seen a trend in all the leagues. There was a team or two in basically every league that started out the season really dominating, and then we got to this middle of the season or late middle of the season point, and the, the patch changed a little bit, and the meta changed a little bit, and all of them started struggling a little bit. And we've also in every league had teams that were kind of struggling early and then and then picked it up at about the same point that those other teams started to fall off. Fnatic kind of mirrors TSM to me, um, and I think they're one of those teams that is starting to pick it up as we get to this point in the season as opposed to, like, Cloud9. I think Mad Lions um, is not looking nearly as good as they were at the beginning of the season. Like they still look very good, but, a little bit, but yeah, not as good. And then you saw top esports in China has fallen down a little bit from where they were at. I think every league has had some teams that were kind of uh, middle of the pack and struggling a little bit for a long time, and they're all starting to pick it up. And I put Fnatic in that in that category. Yeah. I so. Go ahead. I just I would kind of push back on that honestly because like Fnatic hasn't like they're one and three in their past four, and then the two O week before that was two games that was like barely wins. And I know like we don't like I even said it like you need to give teams credit for doing that, but like they just haven't impressed me. And, like, even in their loss to G2, they just looked, like, worthless. Like, they're just not doing anything, good, like, notable to me. Like, they they looked kind of pathetic this past week against Rogue and G2. And I know those are two good teams, but, like, these are teams that Fnatic needs to be competing with. And we're just not seeing it, to me. Like, that's that's where I'm at. I'm And, like, I've been a pretty big on that side, too. Like, I think they'll bounce back. But, like, I don't know. It, it just seems like there's something we don't have access to knowing that's just causing a big, big issue on that team. They just seem off. This does Very feel off. like this, like Schalke is weirdly one of the last teams you'd ever want to face right now as fanatic, right? One, because you're expected to beat them, right? Two, because they're, they're just hot. Like they're just feeling themselves and they're confident right now. And a team with like, I don't want to say they have nothing to lose, but like realistically they're not getting to playoffs, right? Like, for all intents and purposes, they're not getting to playoffs. So, a team that's playing loose and confident and has nothing to lose, like, that's terrifying as a team in, like, a borderline must-win situation. Like, that's like the – you would almost rather face another team that's also in, in high pressure because then you get, like, the whole 
like, okay, we have veteran players and, and like, that's an edge you have. We've been in this place before. Like you don't want to face a team that's like, yeah, whatever, dude, we got this. Like that's the last team you want to face. So, I mean, I could see it, Josh. I just, I don't, and, and again, like this is the hard part about like a team like Fnatic is like, they're so polarizing, right? Fnatic G2, like they're really polarizing because there's history and it's, some people, I've been pretty good about ignoring the history, like, or trying to, at least. And, like, I'm making myself go through that thought process. But I'm having a really hard time with this one. I just I just completely changed my mind when I saw the Saturday line. So just forget everything I said and put all your money on their next game to lose instead. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, Never mind. Yeah, that's we'll get there. disgusting. Um, Misfits plus 250 midlines minus 357. Wow. Misfits? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, man, that's tough because I don't really want to bet Misfits here, but the line does seem kind of high. Yeah. I don't know. 250's a lot, dude. In and Matt league. is a variant team that uh, is not at any risk of falling out of the position of the playoffs that they're in, so I just, I'm not really sure that, they, that they're going to be hyper-motivated. Doesn't Mad seem like a team like Invictus where they like they go a little too far off go the in anyway. Yeah, yeah, they go a little too far off the deep end and like they're too happy go lucky for their own good sometimes. Yeah, I could see taking Misfits plus two fifty here. I'm not sure if I'm going to or not, but I could see that being a reasonable bet given especially the circumstances. I could also see Mad just obliterating this game like twenty five to four, so I don't <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the other thing about Mad is they feel like G two esque in the sense that like even if they do go too far, they might just smash you into the ground and anyway, love every second of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> and those I mean it makes them fun to watch. It's kinda like Damwon right now. It's just like at some point they're gonna it's like, okay, well I guess they're not gonna get punished at any point, so um. Yeah, this is a weird one, Josh. Chris, what are your thoughts on this one? Like, uh, just value purely value. Like, this number's too big to not bet, bet misfits for me. Yeah, the implied yeah. odds. I can't do it off the top of my head. Uh, it's like one, whatever. Yeah, one divided by. Th- yeah. Uh, that's just way too low, in my opinion. 20, like, 20, it should be twenty-eight and a half. Yeah, it should be closer to like thirty-eight, thirty, somewhere between thirty-five and forty. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, to me, so that's it's, it's too far off to not bet it, in my opinion. I mean, again, if you believe in the motivation angle too, like must win for Misfits, Mad Lions are. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of must win if they want to get a top two seed. But uh, where were we? Oh, G two yes. minus two seventy eight, SK plus two hundred. Oh, Chris, did you have anything on Mad Misfits? Sorry. Oh no, no, I, I just, I just, I think Misfits the worst team in all this. That's, and I know that's saying a lot, but they look absolutely. I awesome. don't disagree with you. Reasonable take. Yeah, John's like, John was like a misfits backer too, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yep. Uh, G2 SK, this should be an interesting one. Um, We're not betting against G2 anymore, boys. It's over. Yeah, it's done. Time to bet against G2 is done. Dude, it literally, so like, did anybody else get that feeling last week? Hundred percent. I was like, "Nope, they're done. They're like, the league's done." G two. It back. literally looks like they figured the meta out in a week, didn't it? Just like, it, like I don't know. Maybe it was just a feeling. Maybe I'm just overexcited, like totally emotional. But it literally looked like they just figured the game out. Yeah, right. That's how it felt to me. I want to hear the other guys talk about this one because that's how it felt to me too. Anybody? <laughs> I am not betting against G two. <laughs> I am with you. This looks vintage. Fun, 
loose. And they're winning their solo lanes, which I haven't seen for a month. A month. Also, Caitlyn's only going to help Perks. I'm just going to say it. Josh? He, he might be, actually, when you said that, he might actually be still the one piece that needs to get back into form. I, I haven't seen Perks, like, keep Perks yet. Anybody on SK here, Mister Mister uh, Mister Savior of Crowny, worshiper of Crowny, disciple. Yeah, like I think it's kind of what Chris said. Like that's the I mean, that's the angle, right? Like technically, I think bot lane, arguably right now, is even in favor of SK yeah. given performance. Uh, plus two hundred. I mean, man, I don't hate that number, honestly. Yeah, I, I might need some time. Maybe if it moves towards G two a little bit, I'll, I'll come in on SK because. I do think like thirty three percent chance like feels about right, but like if you look at just actual results, it doesn't. You know, yeah. so like I don't really know how to how to like wrap my brain around that. Um, I think G two are, are are a perfect case of like this is this is like a good example of just having to be like you know qualitative, right? Like, did seeing that last weekend do enough for you? Like, is it enough to convince you, or is this just like... Because to me, you're either on G2 in this spot, or it's like a no-bet, in my opinion. Just because I, of, like, how... it Like, it, to, to me, it... They saw... It seems like they solved so many problems in, like, a week. That's... If it wasn't the fact that they had, like, this whole litany of issues, right? And they came in last week, and it was, like, a really clean and polished game plan, and they looked good. I was like, oh, well, I guess they just figured out Season 10. Or they, they they figured out ten sixteen or fifteen whatever it was like they just figured the patch out because they haven't that's been the problem with them all season long right it was like they're they're still trying to do like old G two stuff like stuff from spring which is like kind of okay still but it's not great and we talked extensively about it last week how like they they've been kind of like they used to do this thing where like they would just tool you around long enough to actually outscale you right. Where like they were they were really good at trading like kills like they would skirmish you and trade kills for something, and they would keep the game close enough like within striking distance, and then they would take over at some point. That was like that's what G two do right, and then every once in a while they just run you over anyway, even when they shouldn't, and it wasn't happening for them. And now it looks like they've they've made a concerted effort to like play the stuff that's good. So I don't know, maybe that was a fluke, but to me it looked like intent. So yeah, I'm kind of. Here's, yeah, I think this is this is probably the reason I'm having the reservations is because like that I don't know to me and maybe you guys don't feel the same that SK win over Rogue was like insane to me, like that was super impressive to me to see a team be able to do that too. Yeah, Rogue is a team that's just dominated teams from like in the early game all split and they did that to SK and SK said we don't care we're gonna focus objectives and like if there's one fault G two have had. It's just they haven't been able to focus objectives yeah. enough. And, like, I don't know. Maybe they just get a cloud soul and run into the base again. Like, I don't know. That's a reason. I mean, that's a reasonable take. Like, uh, Yeah, it feels – these these past two games just feel disgusting yeah, to be on the underdog. But like, I don't know. For me, personally, I'm going to be G2 or nothing. Yeah. And it's nothing against SK either because I think SK are actually a pretty good team. But I don't know. My gut's telling me something's up here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm just going to hold off and hope it moves. Like, maybe I can get SK at, like, plus 225 or something, and, and maybe there I'd probably pull the trigger there for sure, I think. Yeah, if you end up getting, like, a plus 9.5 or 8.5 on a kill spread, maybe. 
Vitality plus 102. Shulka minus 105. Weird. Makes sense, kind of. I kind of I kind of like Vitality here. Yeah, this whole day is kind of interesting. There's a lot of like lines that I think are very bettable. This is probably the best day of the week as far as betting goes for me, and I do like Vitality in this spot. Yeah, I, again, like as good as Shalka have been, as exciting as they've been, like I think Vitality have kind of like gone a little under the radar a little bit. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like they're just good. They're not like they're not going to win the league or anything like that, but they're just a good team. Like they're totally functional. Like they're not. They're like you said. Like there's no free squares. So I. I mean, if if Schalke was plus money, I'd probably take Schalke here, right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. If, if it was Schalke that was sitting at plus one hundred two, I'd probably end up on Schalke. Yeah. I think yeah. Good, Josh. It's just weird how quick. Like for how slow the books were to react to things like G two being garbage, Fnatic being garbage. Et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's so weird how fast they reacted to the Schalke stuff because I would like them as an underdog here, but I don't want to lay 135 on them. Yeah. It, it seems like teams that are heavy favorites going into the season that they're like the preseason ratings on, it feels like it's hard to move them off that gigantic hill that they're on. Whereas these middle of the table and bottom of the table teams are like pretty quick. I mean, I'll, I don't know, dude. Like, Victory Five have only been favored like five times. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. It's slow. They were slow to catch up, but that's also a best of three, and they probably didn't believe in them until they beat like a an actual team. Like, it's it's just crazy. Like that team, like even if you you thought they were going to come crashing down, like they were only favored like three times coming into like the hard part of their schedule, which is just nuts to me. Um, yeah, I think vitality here. I mean, I, this could go either way. I just like the plus money. I think from a DFS angle, you know Schalke is going to get uh, garner a lot of ownership with the narrative hype playing. Yeah, that's a good point. Vitality might be a good leverage play here. I think everyone's hype on Fnatic. Everyone's going to want to play Gilius, right? Yep. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, he, you guys want to talk about this one. Fnatic minus 222, Excel plus 164. Yeah, I think Josh is dead right about if you're going to bet against Fnatic this weekend, I don't think you bet against them on Friday against Schalke when you can get better odds on XL makes no sense that XL gives you worse odds than, than uh, Schalke does. So yeah, I'd much prefer to bet the uh, XL overcorrection, right? Giant dude. XL has been pretty good. Yeah. And Schalke like have been pretty good, but like not like they're not like three spots better all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) like this makes me wish that XL was playing Schalke this week. Uh Uh-huh. Big time. If XL was playing Schalke, I'm sure we could get based on this. We should get plus odds on it, and I would just be slamming XL. But I'm probably just staying away from this one. I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of a fanatic truther, but I just think there's like so much like upward growth potential. Like if I I keep saying it, but like if they're playing at this level, and they're probably going to make playoffs still, that's like crazy to me. Especially when, like, there's uh, like the league's been pretty competitive. So, I don't know. Probably stay away from me. Origin Shalka, or Origin SK Gaming, sorry. Origin SK Gaming, uh, pick them. Minus 115s. Could make an argument either way. Is this the SK Truther spot, Josh? SK and Origin of all teams? I, I, I want to hear you guys tell me how much better SK is than Origin before I chime in to say the same thing. Man... I really, I do kind of think you're supposed to be on SK here. Yeah, I think SK is the play, and I'm an origin truther. It SK are good. 
Trick worries me, man. I really wish their jungler was anyone that wasn't Trick because he looked good at the beginning of the season, and then lately it's been like, oh, there he is. There's Trick. And so uh, the rest of their team, I think, has been performing like super well, but I, I still worry about the, the trick throw factor. I actually, I tweeted about it. I actually think Trick's like the very, like, I don't know. He's right there with probably like Arome for the most improved player this split compared to last split. Oh, compared Obviously to last split? Yeah, to like, I'd agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I would say that. I would agree with yeah. that. I just Obviously not compared to like peak form or anything, but... But yeah, I mean, I think he's been decent. Like, I'm surprised that he's had like a couple good Kha'Zix games, and I like, stuff. Was, I thought he was like an all star in the first like four weeks of the season, like just unbelievable. And then, but then lately, it's, it's like crept back in a little bit. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I can see it a little bit. Uh, I mean, and last week wasn't great because they had. I think he played like Kha'Zix on Friday, and like he just couldn't kill anyone because they just got too late in the game, and that always makes you look tough because. Like, you're playing an assassin, so you're literally just going, in his case, he's just going invisible and just jumping on someone, trying to one-shot him, and then, like, if he doesn't, he just dies, so he just looks really dumb. Uh, which sucks, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's been, like, he's been a, a pleasant surprise to me. I thought he was just completely dust after after uh, spring. Um, but, yeah, I, I can definitely see that angle. I just, like, Origin just seemed mental boom- I don't know. They just, just seemed completely gone to me. The first game um, for these two was the first game of the split. It was an 11-11 SK win. SK win, baby. I'm gonna mute because there's a fire truck right now. So that was that was my that was a big DFS day for me. But uh, yeah, that's I don't know. I just think SK are the better team right now. Um, I will say, like, I think Origin still have good players. Alfar is still good. Upset's been really good. But they just haven't been able to do anything. Like, I think their mid-jungle just being so bad in the current way the game is played is just so terrible for anything for them to do. And I don't think Jack Troll's been good. I think it was purely honeymoon phase. Everyone was, like, oh, hyped, and, you know, and then they just fell right back into their funk. I do totally agree on that. How many times this season have we seen somebody come in and the team wins the first game? And everybody's hyped on it, and then they'll just like spend the rest of the split not being very good. Every region, every region, it's happening too. It's like I think the only like real exception was Jackie Love, I guess. I'm sure there's another one that I'm forgetting about, but yeah, I don't Zoom. Yeah, never mind Zoom. <laughs> That's another one, but yeah, I... it's weird. Like SK is definitely the spot here. Like everything logically says SK here, but. And I'm probably going to be on SK here, but like, it, quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise. Origin have had good games this season, so like, it wouldn't surprise me to see Origin come out and win this one. But I do think SK is the side. Yeah, I actually we should clarify that. I don't mean to say that like SK is like a lock to win here. I just think these odds should be like minus one thirty five SK yeah. even Origin or something to that effect. Yeah, like they shouldn't be even money at this point in the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. I agree with that. Uh, SK were blue side for game one in case that matters to anyone. Doesn't particularly matter. Oh, I do think yeah. blue side blue side's been pretty good this patch, if I remember correctly. It's just off the top of my head. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um Misfits plus two thirty eight, G two minus three forty five. G two E sports. It's a big number though. Yeah, I'm not gonna bet him, but they're Yeah. Any Misfits backers? Anybody? Bueller? 
Is there a what's the G two scenario right now? Like, like is there any way they'd lock it up on on Friday and just have nothing to play for? So G two are eight and seven. If they win and SK loses, I think they're just in. I'm going to double check that. So if SK lose, to, I mean, if they beat SK because they play SK on Friday, so they could create a two game gap between the two, which would lock, like basically lock them because they'd be ahead of everybody at that point. Yeah, I mean, if they if they win their first game, they're they're pretty much they yeah. got to be locked. I, I don't know yeah, if it's a mathematical sure. lock. No, they, it is for sure. Is it okay? So yeah, cause the, the other two, the teams that are trying to get into the playoffs only have six wins, so the most they can end this week with. Oh no, they they could get nine three, a three game yeah. weekend. I forgot. But I think like, so. It might not mathematically be true, but I'm pretty sure G2 lock a playoff spot if they win on Friday, yeah. like that specific matchup. Actually, the problem with that logic is like you almost like G2 more if they're messing around, like annoyingly. Yeah, a little so, bit. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I just prefer to take if I'm going to take Misfits, I'd prefer to take them against Mad than G2. Just for give me that extra twelve cents. Yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of Mad. Mad minus one thirty five, Rogue plus one oh two. Give me Rogue. I would have taken whoever was plus money here. I do think stylistically this is kind of like the old uh the old fanatic and G two versus Origin kind of situation with Rogue, but uh Rogue has been more consistent, I think. Yeah, I just think Rogue is Rogue is really goddamn good. Like they're really good. It's a really good team. So uh, whoever has plus money here, I was going to take. If it was mad, I would have taken them probably. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to have Matt on plus money for some time. But... Give me Rogue. I, I like Rogue. I like Rogue. Yeah, I like Ro- yeah and, and John, that's a good point. Like they've just been more consistent. I'll make this my pick of the week then. Wow. Okay. So Sunday, all the God, If you anybody else wants to chime in on that one, um, it's I, I'd be on Matt here just because what you said for stylistic. But I completely understand the rogue angle. Yeah, it's just like consistency versus you know creativity. I guess not that like the thing is, I feel like rogue. This happens all the times with teams like this. Like rogue, are, I think are always mischaracterized as like being linear or whatever. It's like they're not. They do a lot of different things. Well, like just because they're not doing like the really weird outside the box stuff, they don't get credit for being versatile. It's like this weird dynamic that happens. Now that does matter. When you show that kind of stuff, that's something that the other team has to consider. But I think generally people tend to – like, if you don't do weird stuff, you're not versatile. Like, they just have it in their head for whatever reason. But, like, Rogue are very, very good. And they do everything pretty pretty like they're pretty well. They're very consistent. So, Larson – what about Larson for MVP? Larson should be an MVP. I don't think it's question. Right? Like, I don't think it's question, honestly. Yeah, that's how it felt to me. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can make anybody else MVP. Maybe – I mean, Crown Shot's been insane um, – you can make an argument for some of the Mad Lions players too. I think which, yeah, like which definition are we using? Like most valuable to their team, I do think it's Larson. Yeah, see, if it's most valuable to the team, I think it's actually Crown Shot. The problem, yeah, the problem for me is that Larson comes like second to me in both forms. Like, if it's most valuable to your team, I think he's slightly less valuable to his team than Crown Shot. And then if it's you know like the best player on the best team argument, I think it's like should just go to Kaiser over him. So like I, that's where I struggle with to give to him, yeah. Or even I mean I don't even know if Larson's been better than Humanoid. 
Statistically, think, he probably hasn't. But I think Larson's been the best player in the league. This is the split. Yeah, I, my personal take, and maybe this is just it's biased because like how he plays, but like Larson is playing, Larson is playing old school League of Legends good enough in modern League of Legends to be the best player in the league. He's like doing the night thing. He's doing the night thing. Knight does this. Knight and Rookie oh, both yeah. do this. Where it's like, like they make a blind pick Oriana look like it's just a meta pick. Yeah, like that's not a thing. That, like it's it's a pick. Yeah, it's like it's Oriana blind pick is like the thing that you do when you've got no other option, and they they'll just like march that out like it's nothing. His Azir's been outstanding. Like I'm gonna look up this counter pick percentage and all that shit right now. But go, go ahead, John. I'm gonna. Well, I was just gonna say it might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think if you're choosing MVP based on value to your team, I actually think I might snap lock caps. Yeah, I think, I think Caps is the might be consider. lost this season if Caps was not absolutely blowing people out. Yeah, I completely agree good, with that. He's had some insane games in the games that they lost, like really strong games, and uh, and really carried them in some wins. So I think if you're going by that definition, I might actually give it to Caps. Oh, interesting. Never mind. That's not as left-sided as I thought. Uh, Larson's gotten counterpick in 73% of the games. Yeah, I was gonna say I. I think you got him. I don't. You may have him confused because humanoid has first picked Oriana like four times this split. Yeah. Well, no. The the point I'm making the point I'm making is like stylistically, still they're just picking like they're they're playing like that. They're not. You're not. You're not seeing him play like 15 Galio games. You know, it's been very much like for the most part control mages. I don't. Know, I think Caps is a good argument for. I think Crown Shot. There's a good argument for. I think Shadow. Humanoid, like a couple of Kaiser. Kaiser's been absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of just insane performances in Europe. This, I mean, recently you could say Gilius. Shit, <laughs> but <laughs> one week or two weeks. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the Sunday games are off the board. There's not really a whole lot we can talk about there, but like I'll just like briefly run them down. So we have Vitality Misfits. Probably going to be Misfits favored, and I'll probably like Vitality there, especially if they're yeah. both eliminated. I'd agree with that. Mad and Shalka. Mad's going to be huge money, and there's a chance that this doesn't matter at all for them. Maybe a spot for Shalka, but they might. I could see that team crashing once the momentum dies if they get eliminated. Like, they're kind of fueled. It feels like they're fueled a little on that dream right now, like that miracle run. Yeah, they, they could die off a little bit if they're officially gone. Rogue Origin. I don't know. Could end up being like a must win for Origin and could be like a meaningless thing for Rogue. Not that I think Rogue will ever mail it in. They just don't strike me as that kind of team. G2 XL should be interesting. But again, G2 could also have a playoff spot locked by then. Um, That's why these are off the board, by the way, because there's just like so many scenarios that it's like a pseudo meaningless game. And then Fnatic SK is the the final game of the, the season. So, which could also matter. That's so. Yeah, any just like big picture thoughts, like angles, leverage, stuff like that. For I kind one? of, I kind of just don't really want to talk about this day. I'd rather just do it in my video later once we yeah. know what the situations are going to be. Yeah, I think that's a better idea. And I, and obviously, like you know, we're all pretty active on Twitter. The Discord's free. You can hop in the Discord and mix it up and talk about hypotheticals and stuff. So. Exactly. All right, um, LCK or LPL. LC, let's blow through the LCK. It's really easy this week because it's a okay. bunch of lopsided games. Uh. Maybe the most interesting one, uh, right off the bat, is Afrika minus two seventy eight dynamics plus two hundred. Say Afrika minus one and a half at plus one twenty one. So I've compared Afrika to like the bully 
like the elementary, like the, the, the high school or middle school bully or whatever. And then they go to pick on someone their own size and they just get shoved in a locker, just like they shove everyone else in a locker. So Afrika have been utterly dominant against anybody that's not the top four teams. And they haven't beaten the top four teams. They've taken one game against the top four teams. <laughs> so by that logic, they should stomp dynamics here, right? Yeah, in theory. And But there's also the angle of, like, Afrika toward the end of the split. It looks like that hasn't been happening, though. Like, they look like they're they're kind of dialed in. It doesn't look like these, they're the same Afrika. Like, it kind of does, but it looks like they're not, I don't know. It, so far, we're, like, more than halfway through the split. It doesn't look like they're really falling off at all. They look like they're the definitive gatekeeping team right now. Yeah, I like them to maintain and, and stay in the playoffs here. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be between them and KT Rolster, right? Yeah, them and KT, and I think they're going to hold on to it. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, I'd have to look at the schedule, but they're they're doing what they need to do, taking care of business against the bad teams, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I've been a Dynamics truther, but like, just a freak of just been dominating these bad teams that I don't I don't think I'm going to mess with it in this spot unless I see some crazy stuff tomorrow or anything. So, actually, neither of these teams play tomorrow. Never mind. Any other thoughts on this one? That about sums it up. That's the interesting one. Uh, KT Hanwa. KT minus 526. Hanwa life plus 332. Hanwa to take a game at plus 103. Uh, I already bet KT minus one and a half here. Hanwa's bad. Uh, I don't think Hanwa's quite APK bad or Solhei one bad, but they're bad. They're very, very bad. Um, yeah, minus 137 is a pretty good number there for minus 1.5, I think. Yeah. And, like, obviously KT haven't been immaculate, but, again, like, I really do think this team – they have been showing steady improvement. Like, they've been competitive against good teams. They, you know, think what you want about T1, but, you know, they were competitive in a couple games there, too. I think uh, that playoff spot looks like it might end up coming down to the Afrika game, right, later in the season. So, the second round robin should be interesting. But I think KT sweeped this one here. Hama's very bad. thoughts okay nope. again so that's the most interesting ones because the rest of the slate is crazy lopsided um yeah. dragon x minus eight dragon x minus one and a half at minus 185 against sandbox i know yeah, i know you you're like you like sandbox i kind of i want to like sandbox but they have not looked good against the good teams yeah no i don't think you can bet this one unless you're taking the minus 1.5 for Dragon X, and I don't even know that I want to pay that for that, so I think this is a sit-out for me. Yeah, I actually ended up paying it already. I know Dragon X lose games to themselves sometimes, but like this is going to be like minus 225 by Saturday. I still think what's, what's the sandbox? Plus one and a half? Plus 139. I, I think that's bettable to me. Like you said, I, I've been saying this all split. I just feel like betting plus money, plus one and a half against DRX... Seems like a good idea to me in general. I think in general that's probably right. I mean, I can just pull up right now what Dragon X is. Dragon X is. Anybody want to introduce the next one? I'm doing this. We had we got another uh, maybe the most extremely lopsided game I've seen this season. Damn one at minus five thousand against Sole one plus one thousand one. That's insane. <laughs> um. Minus 5,000. 
That's a lot. Uh, so whale play. Uh, oh, yeah, absolute whale play. lock. <laughs> fifty unit whale play. No, but uh, but actually here I think uh, just bet Solhay one props like first blood, yep. first whatever whatever your fancy is there. But you, I mean, I think T one is like minus two thousand against them tomorrow, and they got like plus one thirty on first blood. So blood at this and first dragon and all those like yeah. the, tra- the tradable objectives, I think are that's how you play these these big underdogs. Yeah. So at this number, I would guess you're gonna get like. Plus what one sixty one eighty something like that yeah be like, really nice T one first tower was like minus two twenty today I was like yeah <laughs> um, so Dragon X have faced they've lost five games against the map spread this season only one of those they lost outright it was to KT Rolster and only three of those they were plus money odds so plus money for the underdog plus one point five so yeah. If you go by that logic, it is profitable, I guess. But only only five or only three cases of it where the underdog actually took a game and it was a plus money. So, um, yeah, this Damwon minus five thousand is not really Damwon. By the way, like I'll just take a brief aside. Damwon are putting up probably the most ridiculous numbers I've ever seen ever. Like for, literally ever for literally, literally ever. Like not this season. I'm not being facetious. Like quite literally ever. I've been following this game for more than a decade. The esports portion of it for almost a decade. These are the most absurd numbers I've ever seen. Ever. Like they're they're almost twenty. I think their goal like their goal differential was like twenty five percent better than like the t- like the season five world championship T one team. Like their so goal like, differential per minute. Bad. Here's a good thing for you guys. So everyone here agrees that Gen G is having a fantastic season, right? Mm-hmm. I already have those numbers right next to each other. So Gen G having a fantastic season is still 120 gold per minute lower than than Damwon. They're 200 less gold differential per minute from Damwon. They're 1800 further behind at 15 minutes. Well, they're both ahead at 15 minutes, but Damwon is 50 or 1800 further ahead. Like. And, and Damwon has a 93% first turret. Yeah. At the at like this far into the season, they're not at 93%. Yeah, they just have nuts numbers. So I'll put it. So I took this a step further in my post on the esports department today. I don't know if you guys check this out, but I would highly encourage you to go. I would go pull it up right now because I, I went through and did some of this. I pulled up both these team stats against the other elite teams. And I, I separated and sorted and filtered everything out that way. Um, so they're both one and two in matches against like I only counted Genji and Dragon X. I didn't include T one in this because it's debatable whether you think they're on that level or not. So Genji have an average goal differential against the top teams at minus three six thirty six at ten minus seven forty four at fifteen minus nine forty two at twenty right, and they're four and five in games. So it's not like they've lost a bunch of games right. Damwon are four and four in games. And they're basically those numbers doubled on the opposite end of the spectrum. So, like, Damwon are doing, like, if you haven't looked at it, like, go look at their first. Go look at all their metrics. It's obscene. I actually took both the the LCK and the LPL models and, like, kind of mashed them together. And I didn't weight everything based on the core. I I just kind of, like, threw the numbers together to just have, like, a cursory look at it, right? And Damwon were, like, a 4Z score. Like, just, just absolutely ridiculous, like... You know, ninety nine point you know nine five percentile team, right? 
I've never seen anything like this team right now, like statistics-wise. We're going to get to see Damon Genji tomorrow morning on Thursday morning. We're recording this Wednesday night, so that should be a bit more of a compass. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not getting in the way of this team right now. I'm not messing with it. I'm, I'm definitely not messing with this team. Right? Damon look like the best team in the world right now. Yeah, they, re- they really do, and that's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at Worlds. I'm yeah, really hopefully excited. they get there and they don't throw it away because that's possible still. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to go, but technically they're not in, so – all right, T1 minus A33 against Dynamics, plus 452. I do kind of like underdogs against T1 more than the other teams because T1 have kind of been hit or miss. Um, I might dabble in Dynamics here. But, I don't know, T1 also just like came off a of smashing of Sandbox. So And if you think Sandbox and Dynamics are pretty similar, then maybe you stay away. But Any thoughts on that one? We can talk about closer. We haven't talked about closer yet, but closer's been playing for Faker um, against a you know I want to say like a kind of soft schedule, but he's looked good. Yeah, he's looked really good, and like I, I was talking to you guys before this, but you can really see the disparity between Faker and like say Teddy. If you look at the difference between those two guys, like fantasy scoring, uh, it's way bigger than most eighty carries and mids mm-hmm. uh, throughout the league. You can really see that like Teddy is really taking the weight onto his shoulders this season, and maybe they want someone that's. You know, a little bit more willing to take some weight onto their soldiers because I'm not. Faker's had a fine season, but it's you know he's Faker. You don't expect a fine season from him. You expect an ecstatic season from him. So, yeah. I mean, he's still had a lot of games this season where it's like, okay, he's still Faker, but he's also had a lot of games where he's like kind of non-existent. Um, not like necessarily in a bad way, but like just not standing out like you would think someone like him does. I also think that there's maybe just a chance this is just like rest them up for worlds if they think they can get there like they're they're stomping against a bad schedule anyway but i don't know it's possible that we end up seeing like a a two-pronged threat here and this is just building draft equity for them like if they have if teams have to plan for both that kind of sucks i mean not that fake the figure can do everything that's the thing but if you got to prep for like a closer a collie or something that's suddenly like way more terrifying <laughs> he's been really good i'll give him credit um that's the only like real interesting part about this matchup, honestly. Um, next, we have KT plus two ninety nine against Genji minus four fifty five. KT getting some respect compared to the other uh, middle of the table teams here. Still think Genji probably take care of it here. Right? I-, I think KT could get a game. No, Josh is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say something that was really mean, so I didn't. I I I'm an adult. Say it. Uh, no, no, I was just gonna mock someone, but I think I, I actually like KT here. Uh, I would even dabble on money line at plus three hundred. Uh, like I would think that I don't know. It's hard to tell because Genji's just been stomping these teams, but like at this point, KT is fighting for their life, and Genji's kind of in cruise control. Like I don't really see them getting into second. Maybe it's mathematically possible, but like I don't really see it happening. So. I don't know. That kind of spot is is something where if you get a plus three hundred in that kind of spot, then I might take it in, into advance. When it's like, you know, we're talking about the third place team against the like sixth place team. Fifth or sixth, yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know, to me, to me, it might be worth the plus three hundred. Yeah, I also but, think yeah. that like, you know, the middle of the table is all kind of even, but like we we've we've basically do we all agree that like KT and Afrika are kind of a cut above Sandbox and Dynamics? 
It's pretty clear, right? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a chance Genji kind of coast out. We've seen that a lot this season. So, and and again, like, I would rather get plus three hundred on like a decent team, not like a, a not like a Solheiwan or or Hanwha or something. I'd rather have it with a Freaker KT, right, as a punch up spot. If this was a little bit later in the season, I'd be more likely. Like, Gen G's still going to really want to win this. Like, we forget that the LCK goes a lot longer than the other leagues yeah. this year. So this is still, like, two weeks out from there from being done for the LCK. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fair. I For me, I don't know. Like, just because everyone else is so close to the end, I feel like they're coming up on it. But you're right. There's so much more games left. Yeah, the LPL is about to be done. The LEC and the LCS are on there last weekend. But the LCK is going to go on for an also extra started week. two weeks later too. So yeah, but I just mean it. It feels like all the leagues are coming to an end, but the LCK is not on the same time. Yeah, we still have how many games do we have? We have two more weeks after this, I think. Right? I think it's two more weeks after this. Yeah, we have two more after this one. So, um, I don't mind a shot on KT like even still in this spot. Like I, this is a this is a, if you're going to fire an underdog spot in, in the LCK, this is a, as good a spot as any, I think, against one of the top teams cuz they're all pretty good, but LPL. Any other thoughts on the LCK? Let's finish strong. Solhe one are bad. The top 3 teams are very good. T1 might also be in that top 4. We don't know yet. We're kind of in limbo with them. That's the LCK in a nutshell. <laughs> um Sooning Friday, so Friday we have Sooning minus two twenty two against Vici plus one sixty four. Um, I wrote down that Sooning could secure the number four seed with two wins to finish the season. They have two matches left. Um, they play against Fun Plus on Sunday and Vici on Friday. If they win out, they will be the four seed and they will earn a first round bye. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, a little bit. Of all, the, I mean, everyone Sooning's been kind of like coasting, right? And then, like, last week, everyone's like, oh, shit, this team's, like, actually kind of good. <laughs> and, then, and now it's like, oh, they're, like, very live to get a buy in playoffs. Which is kind of nuts, considering, like, how, how the LPL's been this season. But they've just been kind of steady. Uh, Vici are out. Vici are eliminated. We've seen that that does not matter a single bit in the LPL. Um, I... Amavici backer, you guys know this, but Sooning find ways to get it done. I I think Sooning money line here is like actually reasonable. It seems crazy. That seems like a decent parlay spot. I don't like yeah. those over minus two hundreds in normal bets very often. Um, I mean, I, Vici. It wouldn't surprise me if Vici win this at all, but it's like nothing surprised me in the LPL anymore. But it doesn't mean that it's not the correct position. You know, like you just got to look at the percentages and see, like, okay, like. In this case, I do think Sooning are actually that likely to win it. So, and I agree with it. Uh, Josh? Uh, to me, I actually, yeah, I'm again, I'm with you on uh, Sooning there. I, I think the minus 222 is, is in play, but I, I kind of would just rather take, I, get, I don't know, that, that gap is crazy to me. For the minus one and a half at plus 150. Yeah. Compared to the money line, seems wild. I don't know if that's normal, like a big jump like that. That's what almost four hundred points, yeah. or it, yeah, it's, yeah, for the most part, pretty that's, big. I mean, that's pretty normal for the most yeah. part. So I don't hate that though. I, I think, like you said, they've been kind of a silent killer. 
they they do they have a lot of like ugly wins. Yeah, maybe not the minus one, one and a half though, because they do have a lot of two ones. As I'm looking back through there, and like, I, I also think that, it doesn't like, feel like it. But I also think Vici are a team that feels worse than they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know, especially DFS players, Vici just drives them crazy because the the whole jungling situation. But like, even if you don't like Vici, I think like like John, you you've been pretty bearish on Vici overall, but like they're not a terrible team. No, they're they're not terrible. I'm just I'm generally not a big fan of them, and especially this is going to be one of their first games after getting eliminated officially from the playoffs. I, I don't have much faith in them. I like Sunning quite a bit. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm probably going to be on Sunning money line here. I just think uh, they've been pretty solid. I think I'll be the only dissenting voice here. It's because Sunning has something to play for, and it's August LPL. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the August bet the work. August LPL narrative. <laughs> Anytime a team has like something on the line. We see LG. <laughs> we saw, well, you know, Top Esports could have still played for that first seed, but where are they right now? Can they even make the first seed anymore? Oh my uh, gosh, these teams just drive me crazy. And they're not even playing against tougher teams. You can't even say like, oh, this team, they're going to look great in the playoffs. They're just testing each other out. Nope, they lost to these random ass eliminated <laughs> So the underdogs have covered seven of the last nine matches against the spread, and they've won 2-0 three times, and they've won outright five times in the last nine. So, <laughs> yeah. August LPL. Okay. Again, like, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're, like, way better than their, their rank, but, yeah. I think you go right away. I think that was also the reason. I don't think Beach is like most of the eliminated teams. They actually can look good if they play solid. Yeah, I think like EDG and Vici are kind of in a like a similar boat to me. Like they're they're good right. teams that are better than their record, but they're eliminated. So it's like, how do you judge that? It's kind of tough. Um, JDG minus eight thirty three. OMG plus four fifty two. OMG have been uh, generating them game wins. Yeah, you gotta like the new OMG. I wish they would have moved over to this earlier in the season. SMLZ was clearly pretty bad for most of the season. I think they could have gone to Eric earlier, who I think has given them kind of some new life here. Yeah, but, I think Curse has also just been playing nuts. Like, I think that's part of it, too. I think he's been kind of nuts all season. Yeah. Uh, At least yeah. in the second half, he's been just absolutely trying to 1v9 that, with that team. I do think JDG probably wins. This feels kind of like a JDG 2-1 to me, though. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we go the plus the OMG plus 1.5. Yeah, OMG. Plus 1.5 is uh, plus 139, right? Yeah. Yep, plus 139. That seems like like a reasonable bet there. OMG have actually been pretty good. OMG are actually 8-4 against the map spread this season. They've won three of their last four against the map spread. And their last one against WE outright, obviously. So, yeah, OMG, second half have been – I mean, they've been kind of doing this all season. Which is like OMG are another team where it's like they're bad, but like they're definitely not as bad as they look on paper. They just suck to watch because they do the same shit every game. So yeah, OMG are like a boring version of Rogue Warriors. Like they're they're better than their record probably, but you know, OMG is just the product of John. Like <laughs> the hatred. I don't understand. Yeah, like. I don't know what this man's superpower is. Like he has... As soon as I have any like like faith Strong in them, take. they just lose to everybody. And then as soon as I give up on them, they're like, "Nah, we can play." Actually, 
But I actually do just think it's literally just Eric and SMLZ. Like, I think Icon had a good season. I think Kurz had a I good don't season. Think Icon's had a good season at all. He had some really bad games. Like, the Echo game was He's really had, bad. like, three quarters bad games, one quarter standout games. I think Icon's been all right. He's had some bad games, and I think he had some some solid games. I think Curse had amazing games. Yeah, Curse has been really good. I think he's been he's been the hard carry on this team. And then they haven't gotten anything special from Jungle and Support, no matter uh, who they had in the support role. At Eddie Carey, I thought SMLZ was really dragging them down, and Eric seems to have really changed that. So I don't know. I think they're they're kind of back up there, but I'm not giving them a bunch of credit. I think the way you need to approach OMG is if it's a team that doesn't run you over early, OMG's live to win. Like that's how I've been treating OMG all season. So like unless it's an exceptional early game team, I like I think they're totally live to take a game or a series. That's I was I was all over them against WE. I was all over them because I knew WE was just going to try to do the same thing that they do every game. And OMG is like if you're going to coin flip like that, give me the plus three hundred. You know like. So I think it depends. Like, if JDG are, like, giving it their all in this game and they're playing the way they've been playing recently, I think JDG probably smashed this in, like, 15 minutes total. Yeah, I agree with but you. But if JDG come in just kind of coasting and just play, like, a very vanilla thing, OMG are totally live to take a game. So, And then when you take a game, you never know what can happen after that. So um, Saturday we have LNG. Oh, man. The toilet bowl, sort of, maybe. LNG minus 185, Dominus plus 139. Ugh. LNG looking a little better recently. Um, yeah, they get another two zeros. Some more August LPL stuff last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the hell is this match? Dude? Like one eighty five seems fine. It's good. This is going to be a fiesta though, right? Like this has fiesta potential. It feels like it. Yep. It does feel like it for whatever reason. LNG are just. I guess they're. I didn't look to see who's off contract after this year. Flandre, I know, is probably looking to go elsewhere. This seems like a DFS game. This is a great game yeah, for DFS. Nice. I feel like you can get some real value out of this thing. Because, yeah, I mean, Dominus, like, in Dominus have actually, like, most of the games Dominus play, like, end up being pretty bloody, like, even when they lose. Because like, the one thing I like about Dominus is, like, they're pretty clearly the worst team in the league, but the one thing I do like about them is that, like, if you if you go back and look middle of the season, like, LNG, when they were just losing and they looked like the worst team in the league, they were just like, it looked like they just weren't even fighting every game, right? Like they were just rolling over and dying. Dominus at least always put up a fight and they're capable of, ju- they remind me a little bit of Jyn Air. Like they're capable of jumping out to a lead on you and then they just like don't know what to do after that. So yeah, I, don't, I still, I think LNG probably win this one. They've actually looked pretty good lately. Ugh. Did I just say that? Um, E-Star plus 177 or Josh, if yeah, any thoughts on that one? Fiesta. I like this as a Fiesta and likely overlooked by many in the DFS realm because you got the LCK that are seen more appealing. Nobody likes to touch the bottom teams, right? Shit, that's a good Yeah, people in, people in DFS love playing sexy teams. Yeah. Like, they, they'd rather play Invictus against top esports than LNG against Dominus, even though Invictus is more capable of losing to top than LNG is to Dominus, just because Invictus is sexy. Yeah. Also, and Invictus is way more likely to win a game twelve to four because they'll split push or something. I'm with you on that. Like, I mean, like let's. I mean, really, like just real quick. Like, let's look at this Saturday slate. Like, you have two gigantic favorites in the LCK, right? That I really, I mean, maybe Damwon are just going to be the most owned like by far on that slate, right? I don't know what the pricing is going to be, but 
Like, I would much rather have, like, pieces. I'd rather have, like, LNG E-Star or LNG EDG than any of the Korean favorites. Like, even Damn One. Yep. We, we, we know what LPL looks like when the teams are eliminated, and they really just want to style on each other. Yeah, so I would... Fun. Yeah, I don't know. Damn One have been, like, absolutely killer for fantasy <laughs> this season. They're just, like, running over people, but kind of looks like Saturday might be, like, a fade the LCK kind of day. I guess we'll see. Because, like, all three of these matchups in the LPL could go nuts, right? On Saturday? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, where are we at? E-Star plus 177, EDG minus 244. Uh, EDG looked real good last game. They just completely – who was it? Top? Who did they Just get? a final eulogy to E-Star for me. I just keep looking over their stats every time I have to do my videos, and man, they're just pretty solid. Like their stats are like just pretty solid. Like a good, they're like a playoff team. Yeah, stats wise, like a, like a solid playoff team, and they just can't close games, dude. They've got leads on everybody, and I just feel bad for them because in theory they they should be like a seventh place team in the league right now, and they're just not beating anybody. So a final eulogy to them. Yeah, it's just a bummer. Like. <laughs> They've come down recently, but yeah, like I, I, my models, like I said, the model I have been having them is like between eight and 11, like the entire season, like the entire season and they just can't get it done. It's frustrating. And I don't even think they're playing badly. They just, oh, it seems like they always make one mistake, right? It's just one or two bad team fights. Just one little mistake somewhere or they've had a getting caught games. out. And yeah. I just feel bad for them to be honest. Cause I don't think they're that bad. I really don't. But, yeah. No, but even like even like this morning, like they jumped out to that lead on top in game three with the like had the nearly up and running, and then it was just like all of a sudden they lose a team fight in mid and game's over. Like yeah. that that's been East Star all season. I just yeah, it's just like, so annoying calling them so terrible. And really, I mean, in theory, they're really not that bad. They're like the number one stats lie team in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, the the real reason I hate East Star and I declared them my new Invictus is because of that. Like. I don't particularly enjoy watching LPL games, and usually the stats are just do well, but, like, I just went all in on E-Star so many times because they're just so due for regression, and it just never has come. They just somehow defy all logic. I think I've lost more money, money on E-Star than I have on G2 this year, or this season, which is kind of crazy, but, yeah, I don't know. So I do kind of like them in this spot, though. I know as good as EDG looked the other day, like, uh, these teams are fair. I don't know. EDG actually grayed out pretty good for me. EDG actually grayed out as a, as a play, an actual playoff team. Like, I, they're, to me, they're, like, I have them. Let me see where I got them. I have EDG actually, like, above. Actually, actually, this is actually updated today. This is just numbers. I have. EDG actually ahead of Victory 5, RNG, WE, LGD, Fun Plus. Statistically. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, do I think EDG is it? Are we going to live in some weird universe where, like, EDG don't end up getting sixth, but, like, they kind of look sixth by the end of the season? Like, the actual full dank meme because they're, like, permanently sixth place or whatever? Yeah. Yes. I think EDG and parlays might be all right, just money line. I don't know, man. I think 
Yeah, you're right. I keep trying to tell myself E-Star, but, like, it's... God damn it, E-Star. Toying with my heart all the time. It's frustrating. Um, top eSports, WE. Actual actual playoff implications. So, top minus 357, WE plus 250. So, WE will, I believe, need to win this still. I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah, we need to see if there's a game in between that will affect it, because I think there's probably a game in between that changes this. Um, so... Right now, they would want to win that game. RNG play tomorrow. Yeah, RNG's going to have to win. If RNG lose to Billy Billy, which is within the realm of possibility... Um, WE will lock it up if they yeah, do. Yeah, WE will lock it. Actually, WE and Funplus will both lock it up if RNG lose. Yeah, so... If RNG beats Billy Billy, then actually this game will come before RNG's last game, so they will still want to win, probably. Yeah. Um, so, with that in mind... I don't know. Top, top have been really frustrating. Have they been like because they show signs of knowing what they want to do, but like I, I can't tell if this team's just like playing vanilla the rest of the season. I, I, think, I think it's been like half and half, like them just kind of coasting a little bit, and then also like I I do think they legitimately don't know what's good right now. It seems like that. I think people are kind of, and not necessarily you, but people in general are, are overhyping the fall of top here. They really only have one match that's really surprising: yeah. the RNG, the RNG loss. Um, losing to Invictus is completely reasonable. Invictus has been great late in the season here, and then the loss to Victory Five. I feel like Victory Five is the kind of team that, if you show up on the right day and the right game plan, they can beat pretty much anybody. In yeah, a, in they're a good. So I think really it's just one series where they kind of faltered. So I, I think they just come out and stop WE here. I don't. I don't. I'm not buying into the top fall narrative. Yeah, I mostly just think WE are bad, honestly. The uh, so John, what you're neglecting to see is that the top narrative is actually directly tied to the IG narrative. And Jackie Love has, you know, been struggling a little bit recently because he's getting FOMO, bro. He's, he's, he's missing out on the power of friendship, and it's it's affecting his team because he's. Just, I can't even finish. How sad he would be. Exactly. He had all the friendship, and now he's on a team that doesn't have the friendship, and they're still like not even beating the team that has the friendship. Maybe and he's like, I could be doing just as good as this, but with my friends, man. Imagine that you work in a company like a startup with all your buddies and you're like just loving life, and then you go work for McDonald's and you're not even making as much money as you would make for the startup with your friends. He was he was doing fine until they got too owed by IG, and then he's just mental boom. It's just yeah, what it seems like, right? <laughs> he's like, I could have been with my buddies making more money anyway. Oh my god, this is that's all a strong right. narrative. I'm in on that narrative. I will say this: like, if you look. If you look at tops, really their last eight series, I'll, I'll just read them off to you, right? So E-Star. E-Star is the easiest one. Or Dominus, I'm sorry. Dominus is the easiest one. Dominus and E-Star are probably the two easy outs, right? Again, they played a close game. They almost lost game one against Vici. So I'll just read this down. E-Star, RNG, Sooning, Invictus, Dominus is the easy one. Vici, who at the time were still hungry and playing pre- They were playing pretty well at the time. Victory 5, Fun Plus Phoenix. That's a pretty hard... That's basically the top half of the league. Yeah. For the, like, almost every top half of the team besides JDG who they played earlier. So, like, I think people tend to tend to overreact. Like, I mean, people overreact in general, but, like, especially when a good team starts losing, 
like they're playing against good teams. Like don't don't discredit these other teams. Just because like top loss. It's like, oh, it doesn't make top bad. It's like, okay, these other teams are actually good. That's to me, that's the way you should look at it. It's hard to beat everybody. It's hard to do that. So um I, I agree. I, I think Top is just gonna obliterate WE here. Uh, so the, to me, the thing is like top. The issue I've had with Top is that it looks like they don't have a good read on this meta game, or that they're just like trying to hide something. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But WE are just gonna play right into that, like they did this morning, right? Like to, Top have just been like over, like over indexing into scaling. I think a little bit too much. And Jackie Love has also been making a lot of mistakes too. That's honestly part of this. So I don't want to ignore that. But, like, WE aren't going to push that issue. They're just going to do the same thing. So if you're going to let Top do what they're going to do, they're going to beat you every time. That's the way I look at it. So wait a minute. Do we actually think, now that I'm looking at this, so do we actually think that uh, is falling out of the playoffs here? Because if RNG beats BLG tomorrow morning, which I think we expect, and then if WE loses, which we expect, then RNG, RNG beat Rogue Warriors. Against Rogue Warriors, and if they win, their game differential will beat WE if WE is going to lose to Top. Did you just say you expect a favorite in the LPL to win in August? <laughs> this is a fair argument. Yeah, I mean, I think actually now that we really look at it, I'd kind of consider the playoffs locked up. But now that I look at it really, I mean, I think RNG probably gets in the playoffs over WE. It's, it's going to take a little while of an upset here, but WE might just knock down a ninth here. WE are going to be kicking themselves for losing to RNG. They're going to be kicking oh themselves. Oh, my God. Yeah, you'll be so mad at yourself. For what it's worth, though, I would 100% rather see RNG than WE. I, I think WE is, like, crazy overrated. I just think, like, <laughs> they got by in spring kind of like FlyQuest did a little bit, like, just with metagame armor. They were just good at the thing that was good, and I think they're still trying to play that way, and it's just not good anymore. And, well, it's not that it's not good anymore. It's just that, like, the combination of it being slightly less good and everyone knowing that they're going to do it makes it easy to attack. There's a m- number of different ways you can attack it, too. So it's like... Uh, you also kind of seeing Jo has been pretty good still. I don't want to take anything away from him, but like maybe maybe a little reliant on Aphelios just a little I think bit. Zhumeng and Teacher Ma are very different in the sense that I think Teacher Ma only works on very specific teams. And if you play a, the right way and you get him the right picks, I think he can be a really effective mid laner. Zhumeng, mm-hmm. I feel like you could take him off and throw him on any team in yeah. the league and he's pretty good. I'd agree so I think they're like very opposite in what they do well, but I just I don't know. I WE, they rely too much. To me, my issue with them is they rely too much on other people screwing up. And in the playoffs, that's not going to work. Like, most of these playoffs, not all of them, most of these playoff teams are, they're not going to do that. Like, the top four aren't going to do that anyway, you know? So, I think top smash here. I actually already bet this, too. So, uh, Rogue Warriors, speaking of, I mean, RNG. So, Rogue, uh, Rogue Warriors gets to play spoiler. Plus 236 against RNG, minus 345 on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. RNG to sweep plus one oh two. And yeah, possible that they'll that they'll need a two zero here. Yeah. Let me just let me just double check that real quick, but I think it's possible RNG will have to have a two zero. So right now they're behind <laughs> WD by three. Let's assume they win two one against Billy, so worst case scenario. Then they'll be behind by two. Assuming WE loses O two, they'll be tied. So then then RNG could win two one. So WE needs to win a game against top to force Royal to win this two zero. I don't see that happening. I think RNG are going to be your eighth playoff team. The only thing I could totally see Rogue Warriors taking a game in this series <laughs> just to cost RNG the playoffs. 
I could so I could totally see RNG beating themselves. We've seen this all season with this team, right? All season long, RNG look like one of the best teams in the world, and then the next game they're just like, "What do we play League of Legends for?" Like that's this is going to be an exciting matchup. I'm I'm, I'm excited for this. One it now. really is because like Rogue Warriors will bring the fight to you, and RNG are known to be very two faced. They're like the most two faced team on the planet. So. Does it? Oh, that's so poetic. That's so poetic. It's gonna come down to the last day. I'm waking up middle of the night to watch Rogue Warriors smash Game One and ruin their playoff hopes. That would be hilarious. That'd be so funny. I hope Harrow like just like just goes berserk on Lee Sin and goes like six zero or something, and RNG has to watch their season go down the drain. Oh man, but I don't want to see WWE in playoffs either. So anyway, uh, any Rogue Warriors backers here? I mean, listen. Pressure is a real thing, and Rogue Warriors get to be, like, completely loosey-goosey and just do what they're good at, right? I don't know, man. I could see it. <laughs> Rogue Warriors plus one and a half is probably the play, regardless of the circumstance. Chris and Josh are oddly quiet over there. I do not want to touch anything. <laughs> it's hard, right? August Royal LPL, baby. Gives up as, as you called them. Yeah, Royal easily give up. Easily give up. Well, we haven't even mentioned the last part of this narrative that I also was not quite. For some reason, I've recapped these situations a number of times and still like just don't have the picture clear enough until it gets to the very end. But like FBX actually has the worst game differential of this group. Oh yeah, FBX could not be in playoffs too. And they have one matchup left, and it's Sunning, which is not a super easy matchup. Yep. And they actually have the worst game differential if Royal wins tonight. Then they have the worst game differential. So actually, they're they might they're kind of relying on Royal to lose one of these matches in, yep. in a way. I mentioned that with Fun Plus last week, and I just like totally forgot to mention here because I got caught up shitting on RNG. But <laughs> uh, yeah, like to be perfectly honest with you, like I don't think any of these teams are really gonna do anything. Like I want to think that Fun Plus can. It's the defending world champs, right? You want to think that they can do stuff, and they've still shown some flashes, right? Fun Plus haven't looked good overall. Like, at the very least, they're definitely not great. Like, they're good at best. And that's kind of been my issue with them. So, uh, quite frankly, it wouldn't even surprise me if they fall out of playoffs here either. Like, it could be WE and RNG. That'd be kind of nuts, right? The world champ doesn't even make playoffs in summer. It's a little bit wild. They have yeah, they got third last split, so like they do have some circuit points, so they could get in the regional qualifier. But yeah, so what do we think is the most likely outcome here? Right, I kind of think it's RNG and Fun Plus. As weird as that is, I don't yeah, this, know, man. Like I think Sony is way better than Fun Plus. This is real weird, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, for those, yeah. So Fun Plus minus one forty nine, Sunning plus one twelve is the last game. So. What makes this even weirder is, like, if Sooning win on Friday against Vici, they are top four regardless of the result of this. So, because they would have the lead on, on Victory 5. Because I think they um, they would move up to... No, that's not even a lock either, is it? Did Sooning win the heads up against that? They yeah. only play... This is going to get real weird. Yeah, it's going to get very weird coming into this matchup. Sooning beat Victory 5. 
two to one. So Sooning has the tiebreaker, but they wouldn't have the game differential. First tiebreaker is game differential. Oh man! All right, so this is gonna be really weird then. Yeah, it's gonna be wacky. So yeah, Victory Five have a plus. They're they're up three games, but they're down a series, or they're down half a series, I guess, because Sooning have two to play. Oh man, this is wild. I, I really. So there's a chance Sooning have something to play for in this spot. And honestly, Sooning have looked better than Fun Plus to me. I never thought I'd say that, like, ever. Watch this, like, all just be worthless because BLG just smashes RNG. Yeah, yeah that's, that's totally, that's totally within the realm of possibility. <laughs> totally within the realm of possibility. I mean, they do play the most broken champion in the game. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Uh, also... I kind of did. I talked about this in my write-up. I'm on RNG tomorrow, but Fun Plus and RNG play very similarly. The numbers don't say the same thing, but if you watch them play, doing what they want to be doing, they basically do the same thing. So it's very possible for BLG to just like snowball two games and win two out tomorrow. Like that would not surprise me at all. So I agree. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the more I'm looking at this, the wilder it actually gets. It's kind of crazy because, like, any one of these upset teams take a game and it's like the whole card, house of cards comes crumbling down, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Invictus Vici. Wee-oo, DFS Fiesta oh, alert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Invictus Vici, last game of the season. It's going to be a Fiesta, boys. I don't even care if Invictus has something to play for. They so, don't give a shit. Coming out here, it's going to be 30 kills a game. So Invictus have locked a top four spot regardless of anything now. They're, they have a first round buy. They theoretically would be playing for a second round buy. Or a buy the first two rounds, which is what number one and number two get in the LPL. So theoretically they have something to play for. Historically that hasn't always been relevant. Most teams just care about any kind of like getting into playoffs or getting the first round buy, right? So yeah, this is this has DFS alert written all over it. Oh, like a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's a very, very high fiesta potential. There's not really much else to analyze on this one. I do think yeah. it's probably dominate like in just a vacuum. But the only thing I was gonna say is like, can we take a step back and consider the fact that somehow now Invictus is the only trustworthy team in the LPL? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> How did we get here? What? That is the that's actually the Nikes timeline. Holy shit! Nothing, nothing is more powerful than friendship, boys. That's, Remember that. That's true. for the rest of your life. That's a life lesson, that not just for DFS players out there. Hard true, and Invictus are case in point. Dude, what a weird season. <laughs> like, now, it's so funny. Like, I, I didn't really think, because I've been, like, so bogged down with everything. I didn't really think about the whole season, just big picture. What a weird season, right? So weird in every region. Yeah, it's, the narrative changed so hard in every season, like, midway through the split. Invictus was, like, going to miss playoffs. Now they're, like, maybe the best team in the league. Cloud9 had no way they weren't coming first. Now it's, like, a struggle for them to come first. Victory 5 were the worst team in history and are now a playoff team. Like Damwon, came into the, Damwon came into the season like, ah, probably not even making the playoffs, and now Damwon's like maybe the best team in the world. The whole narrative Sooning is going to get a first-round bye. Maybe. Yeah, this is one of the crazier seasons we've Fun seen. Plus is potentially not going to make playoffs. God, this is so weird, dude. 
it's the narr- it's I think it has a lot to do with the meta shift. Like yeah. we spent the whole first half of the season playing nothing but Aphelios Ezreal eighty carry based like super carry strategies, yeah. and now we're not there anymore. Yeah, teams and didn't have to adapt. Yeah, but it's totally changed what makes you good at the moment, and it's totally shaken everything up. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. I never really. I didn't take a second to think about the big picture and like the LPL especially has been like what the hell. And LPL in Europe have been like WTF. Korea has been pretty predictable, but whew. to right, me, good. I I think the main difference that we've seen is like teams that used to be good at pulling teams apart and like making teams make hard decisions don't have as much of an edge anymore because you have to fight Drake's. Yeah. So like. I like G2, even IG in their heyday, G2, FPX, what they were all great at in their peaks was like, I'm going to, you can go take my inhibitor, but I'm going to make you pay by taking XYZ. Or you can go take the Drake and Baron, but I'm going to make you pay by taking two inhibitors. Like, you can't really do it anymore. There, there, there's not the art of being able to make those tough decisions and make people pay for their decisions because it just, the soul is so strong. The blueprint like, is... The, so we've, we've talked a lot about this recently. This has been kind of like a really hot Discord topic of late where... I mean, for lack of better terms, the game is easier to win now. Like, not not like mechanically easier to win. Although you can make that argument too with certain champions that are being played. But the game, the blueprint, like the roadmap for winning a game used to be like have all these twists and turns and you had to know how to adapt and you had to know how to react to the right situation. The flowchart was very complicated back then, right? Like there were a number of different ways you could get to the end. It was just all these weird decision points. Now there's very, it's very linear, right? And that's helped teams like LGD who, if they don't have a 4K gold lead, don't know what to do, it seems like. And like I'm, they're the team I pick on all the time, but there's plenty of examples of them. It's not just them, but like that's a team like that is a playoff team. Whereas before, you'd have like the smarter, more cerebral teams could pull like they were going to pull a team like that apart. It was just a matter of time, right? In most games, and you're right, like G2 thrives, and we're we're finally seeing a lot of these teams step into the like they get that now, right? G2 looked like they understood it in spring, but again, like spring was much more like. It looked like people hadn't figured out that it's all about soul yet. Like even halfway through spring, right? Didn't it kind of look that way? And now it's definitely that way. And G two were like, "Oh, we have to adjust. We have to adjust now." So it feels like after Worlds this year, uh, they're going to go back to prioritizing individual Drakes. I think this was kind of to some degree a failed experiment in the ways that you're talking about. I think it limited the excitement of what could happen in a game and stuff like that. I think we end up going back and seeing them change that after yeah. this season. It's what's what's weird, and we can talk about this in like more depth in an off season show, like the game design, like the game theory of it, and whatever. And like, in theory, like it it makes sense, right? Like force action, like I think that's a good thing. But when you make it so overwhelmingly powerful that it's like, it, it just it ends up feeling very linear. Like it ends up feeling like that. You know, whoever wins that that Drake foot, like even if it's a steal, like even if the team is outscaled now. And they get that fourth Drake. Like, on one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, cool. They get rewarded for being objective-focused. But it also feels kind of bad when a team that is definitely outscaled and the game is now in favor of the other team just gets a gets an Ocean Soul and wins the game because of the Ocean Soul, right? It feels it's, – it's very feels bad. So – and, like, I think the argument against it is I – mean, we could just – this is, like, a whole podcast topic for offseason. But, like, 
I, I think the big part about it is it feels like it's taken the sk- the team skill, not individually necessarily. It's taken the team skill out of closing a game out, and you're seeing the result, like the ramifications of it. Like in, overall, like in general, teams suck at closing now. It's just that they don't have to be good anymore at it. Like how many teams have we seen botch closes with a lead this season? Like so oh, yeah. many good teams too. So it seems yeah. like it's like a muscle. Like if you don't work that muscle out, it falls off. And this is what teams like G2 and T1 and Fun Plus by the end of last season, like a lot of these teams, Fnatic, a lot of what these teams were good at was that cerebral, like solving the the puzzle once it's there as it's going. Yeah. And that just hasn't been there because it's it the, they've made the game so much easier for like a, a mediocre team that gets a lead to win a game. And there's like no outskilling or outsmarting a team like that when it's so overwhelmingly powerful. So, yeah, I don't know, like, that's a whole separate thing, and I'm sure we'll see some changes or adjustments. And there's a bunch of different ideas that you know people have come up with to to change it. I think the idea of making people fight is a good thing, but I think there's a better way. There's got to be a better way to do it. So, all right, uh, pick of the week. Um, so Chris had a jet. Chris likes Rogue plus one or two against Mad, which is totally good to me. I'm going to take Vitality plus one or two against Shulk. I think the Shulk hype has has gotten to too far of a level here. That one, Josh. What about you? While you're figuring that out, I could recap. I'll recap last week because I got to figure mine out as well. So uh, I missed on Vici against LGD, although that was damn close. Oh, it was frustrating. Um, John, you hit Excel plus one or three against Misfits. That was like Friday afternoon, I think, right? Uh, Chris missed on Dominus plus one and a half against Royal Easily Give Up, but uh, those were some bizarre games as well. And then, Josh, you hit on the TSM G2 money line for plus 130. So we ended up up on the week. The two plus money winners and 2-2 split puts us up to plus 12.14 units on the season and a cast total of 48 and 44. So, Josh, your pick of the week. Yeah, I'm running with – I called dibs on it, I think – Monday, maybe. Yeah. Right when I saw the line, uh, 100 Thieves plus 119 versus Evil Geniuses is just absurd to me. They're playing better right now. I think Contracts is better than Sven Skarin. Um, Rioma and Golden Glue is probably a bit of a wash. Um, I'm a big Cody Sun hater, but I just, I don't know. Evil Geniuses just Sunday looks bad. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday should smash Uni. Just Evil Geniuses. They just seem lost, unfortunately, for them because I think, you know, trying the new thing made sense, but it just – they can't really seem to, to find what they're doing. And it, I honestly think this team needs to just get rid of Bang and start over because it just seems like he's never on the same page as anyone else. Yeah, and it's like not him. even anything against Bang as a player either. Like, obviously, yeah. he's still got it. He can still play, but, like, right. something's not clicking, like, with the team yeah. and him. And I mean, I've even heard like maybe it's even just the communication aspect because even um, Jensen was talking on Dom's show, I think it's called the Crackdown, about how like um, Core JJ is like a good playmaker, but it's sometimes hard to understand what he wants to do. And like we forget sometimes that language barrier is a real thing yep. in in this region, um, and I think that's something you can easily forget. But I could definitely see that being a thing where like Bang just. Like, we've said it before. It just seems like Bang's AFK sometimes when you watch this team. He's just, like, doing his own thing, and 
there's a fight happening and he's just like, oh, let me farm Krugs or something like something weird. Also, like for what it's worth too, like Zazel, like I'm sure he he does some communicating, but he's not known for that, right? Right. Yeah. Like so, unless mm-hmm. he's really developed and we just don't get to see that in action. Like, if you have two silent players in the bot lane, or relatively, relative to, like, a normal professional player, silent player, if they're not doing enough of that, like, that can cause a lot of issues. And it really, like, if you, that narrative makes a lot of sense for how this team looks, right? They just yeah. never look like they're on the same page unless they're way up. Right, yeah. So, so all that to say, I like 100 Thieves at plus money in this spot quite a bit. So, give me, give me all that for the pick of the week. Yeah, I am going to go with top... Esports minus one and a half against Team WE. They're going to obliterate that team. Get a, get the, the get right game before playoffs. That's the way I look at it. Uh, minus one to wait on that. So that's something I've already placed a wager on. So we also have our second. Oh, I forgot to uh, I forgot to include it. But our uh, where did I put it? I did put it down. Our listener pick of the week from last week. Give me one second. I wrote it down. Is it the top right-hand corner? Did I? Uh, uh, or is that this week's? That's top right-hand corner. I'll get it. Um, oh, holy cow. I forgot. I feel terrible now. I swear I wrote it down somewhere. I have it. One second. Uh, go ahead and read our, our one for this week, and I'll, I'll dig this up. For this week, LCS Picks has given us Golden Guardians minus 127 versus EG. That's going to be the listener pick for this week. Yeah, and uh, just so you guys know, we um, we just random we, we took all the entries that were in the uh, Twitter replies and in the Discord and any DMs or whatever. I took all of them, put them down, and we just randomly chose one. Uh, in the future, maybe we'll pick one that we like. I actually think a lot of these plays this week are, are totally actionable, and we actually took a couple of them. But like, I've, I like a lot of these positions. I don't know if you guys read through and looked at these. Like a lot of these positions are actually pretty pretty sharp. So, um, yeah. So yeah, Golden Guardians minus one twenty seven against EG. Oh, last week's was from DFS underscore Chan. Uh, he took sandbox money line against T one. That ended up not working out on Sunday. So we damn you, listeners. <laughs> gotta make it up. Gotta LCS picks. Gotta gotta make it up. We gotta get Alan on the show. I think we gotta get him on the show because he's kind of doing. Um, picking up the reins we're we're doing the whole blogging thing like i was doing before so maybe we'll have to have him on at some point so all right that's gonna be it uh last week of this regular season in three leagues we had a lot going on we ran pretty long tonight but moving forward we should have slightly shorter shows because there will be fewer games to talk about so a uh, lot of excitement going on this week and i think the LPL is... the next show's oh, gonna yeah, be four yeah, hours yeah yeah it's gonna be four hours long we're gonna talk we're gonna spend four hours talking about two series right but yeah anyway so um the LPL in particular is just going to be batshit crazy this weekend, I think. So uh, pay attention to that. Should be really fun viewing. And we got playoff implications all around. So should be a good one. Um, do you guys have anything before we go? Just, I was just going to say, if you have ideas of, of topics you'd like us to discuss, like Jelani said, we're going to get smaller slates going forward. So let us know, and we'll we'll have some time to riff and raff. And Lord knows we can talk about stuff till yep. till the cows come home. So <laughs> Agreed. Anything else? Anything else? Anything going on outside league for you guys? Just been so busy. My power was out for twenty hours yesterday, so that was my did <laughs> my jaw jackhammered over and over again at the dentist. That's oh. all my life. Seems like uh, bad times being had all around. 
yeah, yikes. Life's good, man. Life's <laughs> so, I guess if we're just complaining about like these small things, I guess that's a good thing, right? So Yeah, life's good. All right. Enjoy the playoffs this weekend, everybody. We will see you all next week. Same bat time, same bat place, and good luck this weekend. See you later, everybody. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.